let's do it. Let's do it to it. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noizera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And this is show number season season 13. Show number 1313. Wow. Really fumbled that. Uh, season 13, episode 13. And I have titled this episode, The Spirit of Corruption, The Killing Cure, and Open Invasion. You know, <laughs> unless you're living underneath a rock, you can kind of tell how crazy times are and how crazy they're going to become. Like you keep hearing me say, you don't really need me to tell you what's going on in the news. But regardless, we will be here week after week doing so, trying to make it make sense, trying to break down what's happening um, and not get lost in everything that is taking place. Now, a little... Uh, you know, it, it, it's crazy, man. It really is crazy what's going on out there. You know, we've got war. We've got inflation. They're talking about bringing back lockdowns. I think you guys are starting to see that, 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 that thought process somehow work its way into the narrative. Bringing back the justifications of lockdowns. We have an article later on in the show where we talk about these type of things. How terrorism will lead to lockdowns. But then you're also going to have the boogeyman of COVID and everything else that comes with that. It is getting strange out there. It truly is. And it is a blessing that we are still able to be in this position to keep to keep contributing. Really, it truly is a blessing to be in this space, contributing, uh, doing the work and, and, and developing relationships with you guys. Seriously. And I think that's that's where we're going to have to go moving forward. Uh, again, like I like I did, like I said, you guys don't really need me to tell you what's going on in the news. You can see it. Everybody can see it. But the question is, is what is everybody going to do about it? And I think we're just going to have varying solutions. Everybody's going to have different solutions on how we skin this cat. But the overarching discussion of what needs to take place and how that's going to take place and how people execute on that, that's what's important. Communication, relationship. And those ex and the execution of, of of these ideas, and so I think that's the easiest way for me to jump into shilling the Discord server. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, there's a new link that gets put out every single week with the episode. It refreshes every single week. So if you're listening to last week's episode, that link is not alive; it's expired. Uh, there's a new link, and until we get to a point where we have like a stable link and we have enough people in the server. And I feel like it's an appropriate investment for the operation, right? We, we, we won't have like a, a static standard link. We'll always have scrambled links to get people into the server. Um, and this is, this is how it's going to be. The same way they've taken down Instagram pages, Facebook pages, YouTube channels, and things like this. And we've had to reconstitute underneath a new platform. We're going to have to send out different links in order to get people to have this discussion. So if you're listening to this episode, stop what you're doing. Jump into the Discord server. Come say what's up. Uh, I've really, as you can tell with the Telegram channel, I've literally only had it there to notify you of when we're doing chat, of, of when we're doing shows. Uh, we have to actually use that platform for, I guess, just you know, centralization is the easiest way to describe it. Centralization and then consolidation of our information. So we're going to be doing a lot of different things, guys. 
And this is, again, <laughs> what's crazy is we should be talking about Halloween, the holiday season, you know, the Christmas spirit, Thanksgiving, uh, you know, things like this, breaking down whether or not they're Christian at, at all, you know, things like this. We're not doing that. We are going into seriously hard times, and I cannot stress that enough. I'm seeing stuff in my own personal life, people that for 29 years had a house and are just gone overnight. We are, we are hitting some very serious times. And when I tell you <clears throat> it makes sense more and more day after day, hearing what these people are saying when they say you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, I see what they're doing. And that's what I'm saying. We're going into hard times. We need to start having different discussions. Uh, this podcast has never been simply a sit on the sidelines type thing. We have always been active participants in what's going on in any way, shape or form that we can. So <laughs> welcome to the show, guys. Welcome to the show. Season 13, episode 13. Uh, best way to support this operation is to hit the links in the description bar below. Uh, go to coffee.com forward slash noise, paypal.me forward slash noise, patreon.com forward slash noise or just shoot us something directly uh, from Cash App. You can either do a monthly subscription or you can just do Bitcoin from there and we can have that conversation. There's a multiple there's multiple ways uh, to support this operation because we will get back. We have been, we will continue to, we are, and week after week, this is what we can do. So we can only grow because of your guys' continued support. Um, you have to jump into the Discord to figure out what that looks like. I'm trying to get better at leaving presents and mysteries and surprises and not just giving it all out there. We'll see how that works. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the honorable mentions. The honorable mentions. Let's go ahead and start getting into Let's do like a quick little news cruise and then we'll get into the honorable mentions. We got some pretty cool, crazy things taking place right now. And an American lawyer, I'd say that's cool, but that's like not a good thing. We have an American lawyer shooting climate change activists. You know, some might say that he is the carbon reducer. You know, he loaded, he pulled up that strap and bow, bow, killed two of them. We'll be talking about that uh, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. People are losing it. They're not as tolerant as you would say. They're, they're, not, putting the, they're not putting up the stuff. FAFO, you know, F around, find out. Let's go ahead and get to the news crews, and then we'll jump into those articles accordingly. Let's go ahead and start this this hamster wheel. All right, let's go ahead and start it. Terrorists sent fentanyl-laced letter to Fulton County Elections Office. Terrorists. What's crazy is I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think that's far fetched. I really don't. I, I bet that probably did happen. I bet that probably <laughs> did happen. Uh, CNN warns that jack-o'-lanterns are a big cause of climate change and contain water that we never get back. You know, we're going to be getting into some of the liberal lunacy, the legalized insanity that we see taking place. Uh, in the world, and what it's done to people's minds, how it's rotted them from the inside out, right? We've got this whole shooting that took place 
uh, in Nashville with this trans shooter. And again, that's just a product of way too much propaganda, way too much uh, media. And, and, and we're seeing it with some of this type of stuff as well. Right? This, is, this is not normal. This is not normal types of thinking, so to speak. Um, a quick article. We'll just read it a little bit. If there's a clip, we'll play it. This is from Blaze Media by Andrew Trapados. They put this up November 9th. It says that mainstream media is looking to dampen the fun on one of the long, longest lasting of October traditions, carving and putting out jack-o'-lanterns for Halloween. CNN warned about the dangerous effects of climate change that pumpkins, more specifically jack-o'-lanterns, can have due to their methane and water levels. Quote, more than 1 billion pounds of pumpkins are grown in the U.S. every year. The network's report began before it warned that millions of pumpkins end up in landfills after the after Halloween. Like, what, what, this is this is this is exactly what environmental activists want to hear. You're you know you're destroying the forest. You're destroying the environment. You're you don't care about things. Oh, stupid humans! Wasteful humans are stupid and wasteful and evil and other anti-human things. Shame on you for having fun if you celebrate Halloween. Insane. Look at this. Scientists create Frankenstein chimera monkey that glows green. Green chimeric monkeys. Green chimeric monkeys. Yeah, and that's the sad part is, is that's just like where we are. And we're not done. Uh, we are not done. We're for sure going to have some even crazier stuff go down. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, man, because like while they're while they're messing around with these type of things. It's 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 setting a dangerous future, a dangerous precedent. Uh, Maryland selected for new FBI headquarters as GOP representatives approve $300 million in funding. Interesting. Let's try to, let's try to quickly grow, go through as many of these as we can. Right here, Bank of America, U.S. debt will top $50 trillion. Yes, it will. Uh, zero hedge. Apple faces renewed risk over $15 billion EU tax bill after new high court opinion. Another one from Blaze Media, over 200 universities received $13 billion in undocumented contributions from foreign governments. That's super sketch. We are literally having our enemies fund our destruction. You've heard me say it on the show time and time again. Only a fool would let his enemies educate his children. Over 200 universities received $13 billion in undocumented contributions from foreign governments. It says that more than 200 United States universities received approximately 13 billion in quote undocumented contributions from foreign governments between 2014 and 2019, a new report claimed. The Network Contagion Research Institute recently released a report titled, quote, The Corruption of the American Mind, How Concealed Foreign Funding of U.S. Higher Education Predicts the Erosion of Democratic Values and Anti-Semitic Incidents on Campus. Quote, over 200 American colleges and universities illegally withheld information on about on approximately 13 billion in undocumented contributions from foreign governments, many of which are authoritarian. 
the report revealed. The, NC, uh, the NCRI used information available in public reports to examine how the funding, quote, correlated with the deterioration of liberal, of liberal democratic norms around free speech and, a, and, a, and a academic freedom, as well as anti-Semitism on campus. The most significant sum of undocumented funding, 2.7 billion, came from Qatar, the report found. England contributed 1.4 billion, China 1.2 billion, Saudi Arabia 1.1 billion, according to NCRI's analysis. Other countries that donated funds to American colleges include Bermuda, Canada, Japan, Switzerland, India, Germany, and the United Arab Emirates. Now, this is not me being like an American isolationist. This is not me saying like, you know, I'm not against this. I'm not against foreign people wanting to come over here to learn about America. The same way I'm not against foreign people coming over here in America to teach them about foreign lands. What I am against, though, is people coming over here to America telling Americans that they're bad people while they are being sponsored by Americans. It's like this doesn't make any this is, this doesn't make any sense. Over 200 universities received 13 billion in undocumented contributions from foreign governments. And we see the results of this. We see this rapidly growing anti-American agenda where heaven forbid you praise God, you, you praise Jesus, you want a family, right? You believe in what they call heterosexual norm, hetero, hetero norms or heterosexual norms, whatever the hell. This, this is where we are now. To where we just have this amalgamation of like morality. It's disgusting. And it's not done. Uh, U.S. launches second counterattack on Iran-backed militant groups after 40 attacks on American troopers. Shady. Yeah, the war is starting to pop off. It's popping off and it's going to spread. It it will spread. If it's not spreading, I think that we will be in like full-blown war. Now, we have an article about this later on, too. I don't think we're going to have an election. I think that we're going to go in full-blown war the next couple of years. And it's just going to spill out. You know, like you have to understand that we are in an occupied nation now. An occupied nation with a so-called president asleep at the wheel, causing as much divisive damage as he can along the way. You, you have to understand there will be problems. There will be blood. Study, average American enters nursing home care at 84 years old. Let's hope that we can actually get there. Uh, beef prices hit record high and says that grocery bot crushes inspector to death. Those are all from Drudge Report. Let's get a couple more of these and then we'll move over to the Liberty Daily and see some of the stuff they have. And then we will get into uh, the honorable mentions of the show. Video, Texas store owner has a big surprise for two armed hooded thugs who walk through his door. An article by Dave Urbanski of the Blaze Media. They put this up November 9th. It says surveillance videos caught the scary moments when a pair of armed hooded males entered a Mesquite, Texas store last Thursday. Thing is, though, the owner of Cash for Gold store on the town East Boulevard was ready for them, and he pulled out a gun of his own and quickly opened fire. It's a quick three seconds, said Tien, the store owner, who gave the station only his first name for safety reasons. No time to think. It's all reaction. 
Video shows Tien in the back of the store when the two males walk through the store's entrance and one of them pulls out a gun, KDFW says, but so does Tien. Quote, everything was slow motion to me, Tien told the station. I saw the mask, I saw the hoodie, I saw the gun come out. KDFW reported that Tien shot first and then the two males shot back three times. The station said that no one was hurt, but the bullets hit a glass counter, walls, and Tien's golf bag. Quote, luckily, it wasn't me. Let's see if we can play the clip. The owner of a cash-for-gold store wasted no time defending himself and his business from two armed robbers. Hello, everybody. I'm Heather Hayes. And I'm Steve Eager. It's 9 o'clock. Surveillance video captures the tense moments. The masked and hooded robbers walk in the front door. What they didn't know is the owner had a gun in the back of his pants. He sees them, pulls his gun, and the gunfire erupts. Fox Wars' Amelia Jones spoke to that store owner. Joins us live from Mesquite right now with more. Amelia. Steve, the store owner told us that this is the third time someone's tried to rob him in the past five years. Every time, he's scared them off and police caught them. He's hoping Mesquite police also catch these two men. It's a quick three seconds. I mean, there's no time to think. It's our reaction. This store owner's quick reaction might have just saved his life. Watch this surveillance video from last Thursday at a Cash for Gold store on Town East Boulevard in Mesquite. Tin, who doesn't want us to use his last name out of safety, is in the back of the store. When two masked and hooded men come inside, one pulls out a gun and a shootout starts. Everything was slow motion to me. I saw the mask, I saw the hoodie, I saw the gun come out. Tin shot first, and the two armed men fired back three times. No one was hurt, but bullets hit the glass counter, the walls, and Tin's golf bag. Luckily, it wasn't me. This isn't the first time Tin's had to defend his store. Watch this surveillance video from July 2019. Again, two armed men come into the store. When they try to get to Tin in the back of the store, he fires off a warning shot, and it scares them off. I think it's... You know, the cash business, the gold business, is, it seems to be an easy target for them, but it's actually not. Mesquite police want people to take a good look at the surveillance video. Our hope is that someone sees these videos, sees these images, and recognizes, especially the suspect who does not have his face covered. Tin told Fox 4 he isn't going to move the store yeah, for we'll three see. reasons. Part luck, part awareness, part prep. So it all adds up. Mesquite police told us the two armed men are looking at aggravated robbery charges. If you recognize the men in the surveillance video, you're asked to contact the Mesquite Police Department. Steve, back to you. Okay, Amelia Jones, live tonight. Thanks, Amelia. Right on. Thanks, Amelia. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, I know they're getting smarter out there, I'll tell you that. Look at this. Waste of the day. Uh, gang members used COVID relief funds to hire hitmen. You know, criminals are either getting smarter or dumber or more bold. You tell me. And it's all because, man, you know, uh, there's 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 no sense of justice. There's no correction. Um, and so it's going to intensify and amplify. Bitcoin explodes higher on, quote, heavy institutional buying. Yeah, we are uh, in a, a deep, deep pool, for a, a deep, deep uh, pump right now, man. Very, very, our bags are looking very nice as the world burns. Um, if, if uh, I'll put it to you guys this way, 
you know, if you would have listened maybe three, four weeks ago, you would have two X of your profit right now. Uh, you know, and and we're still going to go up over here on Solana. We're we're Bitcoin Maxis and we're Solana Dgens. I would highly recommend you guys to jump inside of the Discord server to learn what that's about. Uh, your fiat dollars are, are are rotting inside of your bank account. Seriously, your 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 money's rotting away in a base account in a bank account. In one of the greatest, oh, one of the longest bear markets ever. Now's the time to accumulate, my friends. Now's the time. Uh, and this isn't me, you know, shielding Bitcoin. This is me saying, hey, the financial system's collapsing. Nobody's really talking about alternatives. There's a reason for that. They want you to work harder, longer, and to do all of this extra stuff for basically nothing. Don't do that. We'll do like a whole separate show one day in the future where we talk about that. I mean, earlier this week, we did we did a show like on crypto Twitter where that's what we're doing. Weekly, weekly breakdowns of what's going on in the ecosystem. The same way we talk about what's going on in the world news, geopolitically and globalization, the same thing we do with Web3 and crypto. But what do I know? Uh, this ends today. Retired U.S. law lawyer stuck behind environmentalist blockade guns down two Panamanian protesters. An article by Joseph McCannon of Blaze Media it says that uh, Western environmentalists and climate alarmists have gone to great lengths to protest job creating mineral extraction and the use of affordable energy in recent years, gluing themselves to airport runways, vandalizing priceless works of art, and ruining their own celebrations. One of their go-to tactics has been illegal roadblocks. Blockaders usually face little consequence for holding up traffic, even when emergency vehicles need to get by. On occasion, they have been met with criticism, buckets of waters and fisticuffs. On Tuesday, a pair of Panamanian eco-alarmists were met with bullets. A 77-year-old Panamanian-born U.S. citizen got stuck behind a blockade roughly 55 miles west of Panama City. After a failed attempt to clear the blockade, he gunned down a pair of ostensibly unarmed protesters as a TV news crew was just a stone's throw away who witnessed the whole incident and caught it on tape. Let's see. Let's see if we can go. Let's just go to the article. We've got this later on in the show, but I guess we'll just go ahead and play what we can now. So this is a uh, Kenneth Darlington. He had enough. For some reason, it's not playing the audio of the clip. That's weird. Yeah, we'll 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 come back to this. But I want to see him shoot those climate protesters as well. But um... oh, here it is.
Interesting. Yeah, we'll cover this more later on in the show. Uh, but you got that going down. People getting shot. Just being in the middle of the road. People ain't got time for this. People do not have time for this. Uh, we'll talk more about this later on the show as well. Four current and former members of a single sheriff's department die of apparent suicides in a two-day time span. Super, super shady. Super, super shady. Something's happening to our law enforcement. Something's happening to our defense system. Uh, BLM branch co-founders election bombshell. Trump is the, quote, best candidate for president. President. It's massive. By Tom Ozimek from Via Epoch Times. They put this up November 9th. This is Mark Fisher, a co-founder of Black Lives Matter chapter in Rhode Island, and is advocating for former President Donald Trump's return to the Oval Office in 2024. And he insists he's far from being the only one in the BLM movement that feels this way. But you got to think, how does how does the Joker feel about Batman? How, how does the Joker feel about Batman? It's like I remember like in Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, you know, the Joker is like in a mental asylum and he's just you know barely hanging on. But when he's watching the TV, TV casually mentions Batman. And in this movie, throughout the rest of the the, the, the show or the movie until the Joker returns. He's basically being like triggered by the news mentioning Bruce Wayne, mentioning Batman, and then it like resurfaces and triggers and brings back the Joker. Of course, BLM would say that Trump was the best candidate for president because they gave them the best amount of advertisements and promotion. Now, I know that's a jacked up way to see it. That's that's for sure what I saw immediately as I looked at this article. But maybe this is not that. Maybe that's them coming to senses saying, you know, Biden really is decrepit. Biden truly is an incompetent. Biden is a blunder. Who knows? But he's saying other people in the BLM movement feel this way. It says in a recent interview with podcast host Kevin Iverson, Mr. Fisher was asked to defend remarks he made earlier that President Trump is, quote, the best candidate we have. Quote, because everybody else sucks. Mr. Fisher replied later, praising President Trump for his straightforward approach and contrasting it with the perceives as the Democratic Party's hypocrisy. Ms. Iverson sought to clarify Mr. Fisher's response, asking if he thought President Trump was simply the best of the bad of a bad lot and frankly, quote, not that great either. Mr. Fisher replied by highlighting his personal regard for President Trump before adding that it's hard not to appreciate what the 45th president brings to the table, given the shortcoming, the shortcomings of the incumbents. Quote, I like Trump, he said before adding, quote, I think right now who we have sitting in the Oval Office is just a deep disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, it is a deep, deep, deep disappointment. We'll read a couple more of these and then we'll get into Liberty Daily and get get into the honorable mentions. Uh, Just a whole lot of stuff going down right now. Hundreds flocked to New York City's Times Square to worship Jesus and spread salvation. Experienced, experienced deliverance. 
says that uh, hundreds of Christian believers packed Times Square Monday night to worship God, receiving healing and deliverance, and to give their life to Jesus Christ. The New York City gathering was led by Pastor Mike Signorelli of V1 Church and included fellow, fellow revivalists and deliverance ministers like Pastor Greg Locke, Alexander Pagini, and John, Jenny Weaver, who were featured in the, quote, Dominion Domino Revival. Good stuff. I wonder if there's a clip. Let's look. Let me see. Don't think I don't uh, don't think there's a clip, but that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. You know, we're, we're we'll be getting into it. The Israel Hamas, the Israel Palestine conflict. You know, the 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 chaos and civil unrest that we're seeing with that nationwide. When do we actually have something of the opposite? When do we have people that are coming for deliverance, healing, a peace, blessing, and you know, just 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 giving it over to Christ, giving it over to God. This is a good thing. We need more of that. And I know I probably got some listeners that are like, man, I don't really want to hear about Jesus right now. Just give me the breakdown of, of what's happening. Well, that that is what's happening. People realize the score. They can see that they can read the tea leaves. They know what's going down. They're not living underneath a rock. They're turning to Christ because that's the only way out of this. Not more politics, not more laws, not more voting, not more taxes, not any of this crap. Less of it. Less of it. Yeah, see, White House aides, quote, simply cannot stomach Biden's Israel policy. Dissent memos leak and a revolt at the State Department. Yeah, they're getting ready to get him out. They are getting ready to get Biden out. I don't know if he'll die in office, if they'll replace him with Kamala or if they'll replace him with with Michelle, but they are getting ready to remove Biden. Okay. Rise of vicious Venezuelan prison gang sends migrants streaming toward the USA. It's true. It's true. See, so while violent prison gangs are coming, right? Check this out. Over 650,000 in attendance to a, quote, move from God in Nicaragua. Thousands come to Christ and miracles abound. We're seeing great movements taking place. The spirit is being poured out. People are receiving it. And as such, the adversary has to step up their moves. You, You have to understand when I'm telling you we're going into a time of serious tribulation. We will either fold under the pressure, or literally become completely different versions and dig deep that we didn't even know existed. Look at this. One in eight military families are dealing with food insecurity. A study reveals, disturbing new study reveals the scope of food insecurity within the military community. And they're going to send them off to war. They're sending them off to war. I think this might be a good one to, to, to switch up on more just uh, 1984 uh, inversionist logic. Biden DHS head claims that there is no disaster at the border. Despite record numbers of encounters with illegal immigrants crossing the southern border in the, in the, th- in the thousands every day, including suspected terrorists, the head of Department for Homeland Security claimed under oath Wednesday that there is no disaster. There's no disaster to, to tackle the crisis with our youth. So the more flexibility on the ground locally, the better what the results will be. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Yeah, here's, here's Mayorkas lying. 
border, you're saying, so the, the situation at the border, you're saying, is not a disaster. That is correct. So the, the situation at the border, you're saying, is not a disaster. That is correct. So the, oh, it's, of course it's not. It's not a disaster if you can control the outcome. And they're exactly in control. They're for sure in control. Let's read through some of these articles over here, or some of these headlines over here at the Liberty Daily, then we'll get through the honorable mentions. So that the, right here, drunk female wrong way driver pitifully tries to use woke Democrat victim talking points as a defense. She says all kinds of stuff like, oh, I'm indigenous, you know, I have anxiety and all kinds of other, other stuff like that as well. It's like you're literally driving on the wrong side of the street. I don't care if you're indigenous. I don't, I don't care if you're non-binary. Like you're literally endangering people's lives with, with, with your lunacy. And again, you're going to see more of this because there are people that are not grounded here in reality. The, the, the lights are on, but nobody's home. Nobody's home. Yeah, Bank of America, U.S. debt will top $50 trillion. We mentioned that earlier. Uh, House Republicans introduced legislation to prevent Ukraine from stealing U.S. taxpayers' dollars. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll see. America under attack. Train car loaded with vehicles catches fire, shooting flames 30 to 50 feet in the air. Oof, man, it's, 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 it's wild. Some kids as young as six months got double doses of Moderna's COVID vaccine, the FDA admits. We'll be talking about that as well. Sodom and Gomorrah update. Marxist Pope Francis claims that trans people can be godparents and homosexual parents can have their children baptized. We've got an article later on in the show where the World Economic Forum is saying that in the future, you're going to have to license, you're going to have to have a license to have children. You, you, you imagine that? You're not authorized to have kids. And I'll tell you where a lot of that's going to come from, too. A lot of that's going to come from people realizing, hey, I'm infertile. I took this dangerous bio weapon. I took this chemical. I took this poison got this curse in me. I'm infertile. I'm sterile. Got an article coming out about that too? Serious? Just this week it came out. Uh, you could make roughly $3,500 if you're unvaccinated with your sperm. So good on you, pure blood. Women are putting it in their profiles. Hey, if you're, if you're vaxxed, I don't want you. And because people are wanting to actually have kids and stop all this crap. But again, they're realizing that they're now infertile and they're sterile. And so they're coming up with these new and wild definitions as to what a parent can be. Let me, let me go ahead and play this clip and then we'll continue on with the show. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. There's breaking news out of Rome where there is a stunning development as Pope Francis has signed a document. It is actually an answer to a bishop's question, a bishop from Brazil, uh, Bishop Negri, who asked about transgender people uh, becoming godparents. And indeed, the Vatican says yes. Um, for full coverage, go right now to lifesitenews.com. We've got the full document in an unofficial translation that we did 
from the original Italian. It doesn't exist in English, but let me just read you a few of the highlights. So the question was asked, can a transgender person be a witness at a wedding? Very simple answer. There is nothing in current universal canon law that prohibits a transgender person from being a witness in a marriage. Another question. Can two homoaffective persons figure as parents of a child uh, who must be baptized and who is adopted or obtained by other methods, such as surrogacy? For the child to be baptized, there must be a well-formed hope that he or she will be educated in the Catholic religion, and that's it. So in other words, the answer is yes. Um, can a person who is... So in other words, I mean, think about what that means. So a homosexual couple living in a homosexual sexual relationship that makes it clear can come to church and ask for their child to be baptized. That's just stunning because it creates massive scandal. And what hope is there that the child is going to be raised Catholic? But that's left up to the imagination, perhaps. Anyway, here's another question. Uh, can a person who is homoaffective and cohabitating be godfather to a baptized person? Um, and then it says, basically, um, anyone who possesses the aptitude and leads a life in conformity with the faith uh, and with the office he or she assumes uh, can be a godparent. If uh, different is a case where the cohabitation of two homoaffective persons consists not only in simple cohabitation, but in a stable or and declared more auxorial relationship well known to the community. Who knows what these things mean, but essentially everyone's coming away with the answer of yes. And this is where it gets really scary because in the in the original question about transgender people being godparents, they're saying yes, you can, but then that's predicated or 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 said if you're not creating scandal. Well, of course you're creating scandal. How can you not be creating scandal? Yet this is what's going on. Again, for the full story, please go to lifesitenews.com. Rome correspondent Michael Haynes has all the details. LifeSite. Uh, we'll get through a couple of these and then we'll get into the actual articles that I pulled aside for you guys. Real privilege. Quote, King Charles promises the UK government will, quote, ease the cost of living while wearing a crown worth millions. I saw a little bit of uh, his uh, speech. Apparently he's banning kids under 14 from getting cigarettes. Like that's going to stop them. Uh, <laughs> like that's going to stop them. Anxious San Francisco clears out Bum camps pushes back against their doom loop narrative as it readies for the global summit. Yeah, apparently uh, President Xi Jinping, because China's over there right now in San Francisco, while Biden's fumbling around somewhere. Uh, apparently, apparently, President Xi Jinping is in San Francisco meeting with, then we talked about this last week, meeting with uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. And so it, I think it's crazy because invasions don't happen with just soldiers, boots on the ground. It can also happen economically, socially, and culturally, as well as politically. You have to think fifth generation warfare and how crazy things are right now. Like this brawl outside of, quote, Museum of Tolerance as pro-Hamas agitators protest Gal Gadot showing film of Hamas atrocities. Just, you know, more upside down stuff. More, more, more of it. More of it. Uh, jabbed. Brazilian influencer Vanessa Mancini dies suddenly after 40, at 41 after a massive heart attack. Yes, that's still happening. That is still happening. 
Mr. Beast apparently has constructed a hundred wells in Africa, and somehow he thinks that that's going to get him canceled. Um, he's worried about that. He's worried about that. Let's go ahead and get into some of these articles that we pulled aside for you guys. Um, you know, and if we have time, we'll get back into the the news crews over there at Liberty Media at the Liberty Daily. Uh, but right here, American lawyer in Panama pulls gun on climate protesters blocking hallway and shoots two of them dead. Yeah, I saw this earlier. Uh, it's, uh, what was it? It's Kenneth. Um, what's his name? His name's in here somewhere. But an American lawyer in Panama has been arrested after he shot two climate protesters who were part of a demonstration blocking the hallway. This, t- this tactic has been employed in the United States and other countries for a few years now. And people are absolutely sick of it. Authorities have started to deal with dealing with these. Authorities have to start dealing with this or people will take this matter into their own hands, as this man just did. New York Post reports that a 77-year-old arrested in Panama after he was filmed shooting down two eco-processors blocking the hallway. An elderly American has been arrested after a gunman was caught on camera walking up to environmental protesters blocking a Panamanian highway Tuesday and blasting two of them to death. Let's see if we can move forward a little bit since we've already seen some. This might be a good time to jump in. Okay. This, this might be a good time to jump in. So, you know, regardless of whether or not, you know, you agree with the climate change protests, climate change, any of this type of stuff, these are still people. This is how powerful ideas are, right? This is how powerful ideas are. This is this is what people are up against. Do the climate change protesters have legitimate grievances? I'm sure they do. Did this man deserve to have his life taken? Not at all. Not at all. But as the article said, hey, authorities got to start dealing with this. Otherwise, people will start taking these things into their own hands. Call it street justice, criminal justice, the breakdown of law and order. These things are happening. And you see people. Yep. Yep. You see that. You see people taking stuff down, getting ready to get out of here. It's not it's 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 no longer all fun and games. When somebody loses their life like this, that's a dang shame. Dang shame. And then we have things like this. Hammer attacks on a painting in the National Gallery in London. Millions will die due to new oil and 
Taking hammers to paintings. Again, this is this is what powerful ideas can do. Remember Greta Timber. She's still out there. These are the eco-terrorists, the eco-fascists, the eco-extremists, the, the eco, the, the, the environmentalists. These are the people that are going to want to reduce your carbon footprint. That's what Kenneth did when he killed those two people. He actually helped the earth. He reduced both of their carbon footprints to zero very quickly. And while that may seem like a joke, that's exactly what these people are going to do. That's exactly what they want. But powerful ideas, powerful ideas. Breaking armed man with AR-15 arrested on Capitol Hill. U.S. Capitol Police also responded to a suspicious package in the Senate parking area. It says that U.S. Capitol Police arrested a man with armed with an AR-15 rifle in the vicinity of the Capitol complex on Tuesday afternoon. The suspect was taken into custody on the Senate side of the Capitol following a critical emergency call. Quote, USCP officers just arrested a man with a gun in the park across from the Union Station. At this time, we have no reason to believe that there is an ongoing threat. We are working to gather more information and we will put out more details when they are confirmed. The U.S. Capitol Police announced on X. says that the suspect, identified as a black male clad in bright orange tracksuit, was reportedly tasered following a standoff with an officer before he was detained. His motives remain yet unclear. Witnesses at the scene captured the video footage of the suspect being taken away in the ambulance. This guy has a gun. This guy's got a gun. Cops have him. Yeah. That's state, yeah. <laughs> They're just getting you used to and prepared for just random sense of, you know, lawless attacks. Civil unrest, destabilization, stuff that's going on that you have no involvement to, no connection with, but you're going to be affected by it. Right? They're just getting you used to random lawlessness, stuff like this. You know, because if they can get away with lawlessness, or yeah, think about it. If they, if they can do away with legal, with lunacy, common sense, and reality, well, the law means nothing to them. And this is what I mean by getting rid of reality and what makes sense. Uh, today in Cloud World, a bearded man has claimed that PMS is ruining his Disney trip. People want to say that I don't experience PMS symptoms. But I've been cramping incredibly bad all day. And at some point, my pain tolerance went away. And it started hurting incredibly bad for the last two hours. So much so that it made me go and throw up three times. So yeah, uh, PMS symptoms are ruining my Disney trip. Um, Isn't this creepy? It's ruining my Disney trip. Isn't this creepy? Isn't isn't that, that's gotta be creepy on a certain level. You have a grown bearded man, probably sitting near a trash can because he just had to throw up. A grown bearded man wearing effeminate clothing, talking about 
feminine, feminine things, womanly things, recording himself. This is this would be that would scare me. I'd be like, honey, get away from this man. Get away from this creature. Get away from what whatever you want to be called today. You just get away from it. But that's what I'm saying. We have we we really do have people stuck in La La Land right now. And again, this is just the honorable mentions. Me not figuring out where I can put this kind of content uh, moving forward with the show. Chinese dictator Xi Jinping to meet with business leaders in San Francisco. An article by Fernando de Castro of the Gateway Pundit. They put this up November 7th. It says the Chinese dictator Xi Jinping is set to attend a dinner with top U.S. executives during his visit to San Francisco for the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit next week, Bloomberg reported. Hundreds are expected at the dinner, including CEOs from major U.S. corporations. The Biden administration and China have been working to stabilize relations this year. Officials from both nations, including the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, and Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi, have traveled to meet their counterparts in recent months to help lay the groundwork for the anticipated meeting between Joe Biden and Xi Jinping at the APEC summit. Xi Jinping's visit to the U.S. aims to ease the concerns of foreign investors. Yeah, I don't think that Russia is the threat. I don't think that Russia is the threat. Speaking of threats in that area, the U.S. has rolled out its 50th weapons package for Ukraine. An article by Kyle Anzalone from the Libertarian Institute, they put this up November 5th. It says that the U.S. rolled out its 50th weapons package for Ukraine. The arms shipment will include air defenses, artillery rounds, and anti-armor weapons. The Pentagon will purchase 300 million in arms on behalf of Kiev, depleting all the funds in the Ukraine Secretary Assistance Initiative. On Friday, the Department of Defense announced a new $425 million in military aid package for Ukraine. 125 million in weapons will be sent directly from American stockpiles through the Presidential Drawdown Authority. The funds used to transfer the arms come from came from a Pentagon accounting error that gave the White House access to an additional six billion in PDA funds. Oh, an error, huh? An error. And this is why they want CBDCs, so they can say, "Oh, we had an accounting error." We, we, we just had an accounting error that gave us back $6 billion. No biggie. No biggie. Google, Google abandons 15,000 homes in San Francisco. Another one from Zero Hedge. They put this up November 6th. It says that the complete and total destruction of San Francisco and the surrounding area, consisting of streets overrun by drug addicts and corporations and retail establishments, simply by giving up on the city, is almost finished. Thanks, liberals. It says that the latest chapter in the once great city's demise came this week when Google pulled out of a $15 billion investment in Santa Clara County that would have been that would have built 15,000 homes, according to Gizmodo. The report notes that Google and Lend Lease have jointly terminated their $15 billion deal, originally stuck in, struck in 2019, to develop housing and commercial spaces in Sunnyvale, San Jose, and Mountain View, the latter being the home base for the tech giant. It says that the Downtown West project in San Jose was set to feature 4,000 affordable housing units, sufficient office space for 20,000 workers, a 300-room hotel, and 10 parks. Instead, 
San Francisco now, quote, gets nothing. Gizmodo wrote that in 2021, the San Jose City Council gave the green light for the Downtown West construction plans by Google and Lindley's, a project which, according to an active post on Google's website, was shaped through close collaboration with the city and community members to support community building. The project's progress was halted in April during the demolition stage, leaving its future uncertain and potentially becoming a blight on the San Jose landscape at a time when the economic injections are solely, are solely needed. Compounding the issue, the San Jose Spotlight has noted the highlighted that the opioid overdoses in San Jose have seen a threefold increase since 2020 or since 2018. In a press release issued Friday, Lynn Lee said that, quote, the decision to end these agreements followed a comprehensive review by Google of its real estate investments and a determination by both organizations that the existing agreements are no longer mutually beneficial given the current market conditions. Alexa Arena, Google's senior director of development, commented to Gizmodo that, quote, we've been optimizing our real estate investments in the Bay Area, and part of that work is looking at a variety of options to move our development projects forward and deliver on our housing commitment. Ooh. So if you're, you know, what's crazy is we're, we're talking about compounding issues. We're talking about how things progressively get worse. And even Google now pointing out that the opioid epidemic is affecting their profit margin, their productivity, their growth, and things like this. Where do you think they're going to take all this uh, this activity, this money, this capital, this business? Where, oh, where do you think they'll take this? Give you a hint. We've already talked about it. Moving forward, wealthy Chicago neighborhood shaken. Family held up at gunpoint in their own driveway. Another article from Zero Hedge. They put this up November 8th. It says that, uh, oh man, it says that a recent incident in Chicago highlights the concerns why law-abiding taxpayers should reconsider their re their residence in collapsing progressive cities. Last week, a family in the Beverly neighborhood was held up at gunpoint in their own driveway. According to local media, WGN-TV, the two robbers, quote, took the victim's belongings and fled the scene in the stolen car. And audio, as you guys can't see it, but we're playing the clip now. Looks like they parked the garage, parked their car in the, in the garage. Good God. Insane. You know, again, this is all honorable mentions. We've got more stuff coming up as well. Uh, San Francisco's post-apocalyptic hellscape is on full display. This viral TikTok video. Again, I think what's crazy is like this is these are all just random spattering stuff that's going on in the news. But again, it paints a backdrop of what's going on in the country right now. This comes from John Delaros via PJ Media. They put this up November 8th. It says that uh, 
From the Fisherman's Wharf to the Golden Gate Bridge, the city had a little of everything, including a vibrant culture. Recent years have seen this elegant city descend into a post-apocalyptic hellscape with rampant crime, homelessness, drug use, and feces in the streets. A recent, TikTok, a recent viral TikTok video horrifies viewers worldwide, showing how terrible the city has become. Crime has become so bad that major retailers have exited the city, with retail shops closing their doors due to, the, due to an absurd policy in the city where police don't respond to shoplifting incidents under $900, $950. Criminals have become wise to this policy and break-ins have increased with little recourse. Uh, let, let me go ahead and just play this, this, this video. Maybe I play this video while, um, while, while reading this article. Again, just to kind of paint that picture of like what, what they mean. Says the San Francisco Chronicle released a map of the wave of retail recourse, which this year has included Target, CVS, Starbucks in multiple locations and more. Office spaces are certainly impacted with the post-COVID work from home environment becoming the standard and the city becoming more of a liability for companies to have their employees travel to than a benefit of having them in their office. Quote, we used to be getting $6 per square foot rent. Now we're getting nothing. One San Francisco building owner told PJ Media. The viral TikTok video posted by Freck Meek shows a scene in the dangerous Tenderloin district far worse than most people comprehend. Quote, the anxiety we experience just traveling to work daily in the Tenderloin in, Tenderloin in San Francisco is unbelievable. Quote, this is overwhelming and mentally draining, not to mention the dangers of the unpredictable environment. Yeah, because you're, you're you're walking around, you're walking around people that are not well. You're walking around drug addicts. Like you're, that's not a safe environment. That's not a good place to be. Like imagine just trying to get to work. Heaven forbid you trigger one of these people. They freak out. They bite you. They have like some kind of disease that's gone left unchecked. Like it's crazy, man. This is the opioid epidemic. This is this is the war on drugs, the drug war. This is all this stuff on you and more. And it is scary. People shouldn't have to live like that. But because now we live in a world where two income households can't afford groceries, we have to wrap our heads around that. Let me play for you guys real quick this clip of a woman complaining about how her and her husband uh can't afford groceries basic groceries just that's this is this is the modern america right now um i just want to say that it's fucking wild that as a two-income household my husband and i have come to the realization we can't afford groceries right now like just straight up can't afford groceries because if we buy groceries then we either won't be able to pay our rent or our electric bill because both of those come out of this pay cycle and they will take the entire pay cycle um, I just, I just, that's just, that's fucking bonkers. That's so fucking wild. We have two incomes and we cannot afford to eat and we don't even have kids. Like it's literally just the two of us and we can't afford to eat with two incomes. That is just, but I mean, I guess, you know, that means we won't have to wash dishes because our dishwasher is still broken as it has been for two months at the place that we pay so much in rent, you know, wild. And what's crazy too, you know, is, is there's the general, I'd be curious like what their jobs are, what other aspirations they have, uh, you know, are they minimum wage jobs? Are they, you know, 
college degree requiring jobs? Like, are you guys doing anything else online? Like, you know, when, when, when you talk with certain people, you either have people that speak hustle, speak work, speak getting money and speak doing, doing things, or you have people that just complain and expect to be given shit. And this is why like our entire generation of millennials, Gen Z and things like this, that's why it gets crapped on because they say entitled, we're, we're entitled. We have a horrible situation. When I'm, when I'm stressing throughout the entirety of this episode that we have even harder times than this coming to us, a lot of people don't even want to hear that. You got people that are still worried about gender studies in a time of war. So just we, we, we it, it's crazy. The sad part is, is this lady is not isolated. What she's experiencing is what everybody's experiencing. Hard times are hitting us all. European, European politician breaks very bad news about digital IDs and central bank digital currencies. This comes from Vigilant News. They put this up November 8th. It says, he says that, uh, quote, I just left the room where we had negotiations about the digital identity and I have bad news. Announced Dutch member of the European Parliament, Rob Ruse, on Wednesday. On X, in a post attached with a video, he wrote, very bad news. The European Parliament and member states just reached an agreement on introducing the digital identity directly afterwards. EU Commissioner Breton said, quote, now that we have the digital identity wallet, we have to put something in it, suggesting a connection between CBDCs and the digital ID. They ignored all the privacy experts and security specialists. They're pushing it all through. I am not optimistic, but it's not too late yet. Parliament still has a vote about this. Let your member of parliament know that you oppose the digital identity and that you want your member of parliament to vote against it. I just left the room where we had the negotiations about the digital identity and I have bad news. The member states and the European parliament came to an agreement. It means that probably not far from now, the digital identity will be uh, a fact in the European Union. Right after this agreement, Commissioner Breton said, now we have the digital identity wallet, we have to put something in it. And what he meant was the digital euro, also known as the central bank digital currency. And this is a very bad development. They always promise us not to make this connection. And even uh, a lot of experts, uh, privacy experts and security experts warned also last week, this is uh, a very uh, bad idea for our privacy and our freedom. And still, this digital identity is pushed through. But it's not too late, because we still have to vote on this in the plenary. So what you can do, send your MEP from your member state an email and tell him or tell her that you are against this tool. It's crazy. I, I think it's crazy that you have you have this unelected you have these unelected bureaucrats in the EU basically saying, hey, we're going to take over like this this entire nation and you guys are going to be subject to like to these edicts that we passed down. Um, and so you're what I'm saying is we're seeing globalism. We're seeing globalism from the top down and now they're coming at it in an individual way. It's 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 insane. 
It's insane. But what does it say, too, that these guys are worried? These guys are worried about what they're going to put in the digital ID. These guys are worried about the privacy because they know that money is a weapon and a tool that they can use against their adversaries. But he who controls the technology controls the world. They're worried about being put in the system. This is the mark of the beast style system. This will be the final system. Money, privacy, security, freedom, being able to have transactions that are not authorized by the state or the government to do as you please without federal oversight. That's a big thing. We don't think about it right now. Don't get me started when we start talking about, you know, uh, your finances, custody of your, of your of your money, things like this and more. That's a huge thing whenever it comes to crypto. It's just like c- custody of your own assets. And that's exactly what these people are trying to do. They're trying to turn you into an asset. They want to take custody of your life. Cue in the androids. China plans to rapidly advance mass production of disruptive humanoid robots. An article by Paul Saran of the Gateway Funded, they put this up November 7th. And I think this is crazy as we're talking about, you know, uh, unemployment, inflation, uh, new types of homeless people due to the inflation and COVID and people being displaced. And all of a sudden, bam, here come the robots. Bam. Here come the migrants. Bam. Here come the revelations that the people took this dangerous bio weapon. They're now having decreased output, mental fog. Their productivity levels are down. Bam, roll out the robots. In a perfect world, we should all be hailing the onset of the age of robots as our burdens would be about to be shared by the mechanical miraculous helpers. Things being as they are, we watch and worry as the new technologies emerge, wondering what new fresh horrors they will unleash on the unsuspecting humankind. Case in point, China disclosed its new ambitious plans to mass produce humanoid robots, which it says are poised to be as disruptive as smartphones. In a document published last week, China's Ministry of of Industry and Information Technology said the robots would reshape the world. Business Insider reported that the MIIT said that by 2025, the product will have reached an advanced level and be mass produced. It made the statements in the development goals listed in its roadmap. They are expected to become disruptive products after computers, smartphones, and new energy vehicles, a translation of the document added. The document in short is short on details, but big on ambition. But some Chinese companies are tackling the country's robotic ambitions in earnest. Quote, the Chinese startup Fourier Intelligence, for example, said it would start mass producing its GR1 humanoid robot by the end of this year. South China Morning Post reported the company, which has a base in Shanghai, told the publication it aspired to deliver thousands of robots in 2024 that could move at five kilometers an hour and carry 50 kilograms. The U.S. is also leading efforts in this race, as you would expect. Agility Robotics is, op- is open to a is to open a robot factory in Oregon to build hundreds of its bipedal robots. The bots can mimic can mimic the bots can mimic human movements such as walking, crouching, and carrying packages. Amazon is in the pilot phase of testing Agility Robots Robotics's Digit Robot to automate its warehouse. And this is this is what we were talking about just the other week, right? This is what we were talking about just the other week with um, with digits, right? Here comes the robots. Roll out the robots. Humans are obsolete. They consume too much. They get hurt by COVID shots. They have rights or whatever. 
Robots don't, though. Robots don't. Let's try to smash through more of these honorable mentions. Again, this is just to paint a picture of what's going on in the world uh, while we try to top, tackle things topic by topic. Right here, look at this. World Economic Professor says that parent, parents will soon need a license to raise their own children. This comes from the People's Voice. They put this up November 6th. It says that a World Economic Forum professor has declared that parents will soon need a license, need to obtain a license from the government in order to raise their own child. And if you think that sounds outlandish and crazy, well, think about China. China's still dealing with a one-child policy. They're, they're, they're just now pulling back off of that. The article goes on to say that, according to Connor Kianpour from the World Economic Funded, the World Economic Forum funded University of Colorado Boulder, parents will need to prove that they accept the pro-pedophilia and transgender agenda by the elite before being granted a license. In his paper headline, Kids Aren't All Right, expanding the role of state in parenting, the World Economic Forum official argues that the government should take over the primary responsibility for raising of children. This should pose no problems because biological parents have, quote, no right to raise their own child. He boldly asserts in the paper published in the Journal of Ethics and Social Philosophy, quote, individuals have no right to rear their biological children, nor do they have any interests weighing weighty enough to justify a right to rear a child generally. That's insane. I, we, we, this is something we had always joked about and discourse and just casual commentary, but this son of a bitch actually said it. This, this guy actually said it. Individuals have no right to rear their biological children, nor do they have any interests weighty enough to justify a right to rear children generally. Let that, let that sit there for a minute. What is he saying? He knows better than you. He's saying he's daddy. That is big, that's big brother right there. That's what they think. That's what these people think. Quote, since these rights do not exist, regulated parenting pol policies cannot be said to jeopardize them. Harpingersdaily.com reports that because there is no right for a parent to raise his or, own his or her own child, then the state does not require any, quote, special justification to institute and enforce a, quote, parent parental licensing scheme, he says. In short, under Kianpur's view, parents who do not obtain governmental approval would be faced with having the state kidnap their children. To obtain a license from the government to rear children, Kianpur envisions a series of requirements, including tests to determine whether the prospective licenses have government approved views on a range of issues. Quote, certain individuals are unfit to rear children because they are objective objectionably intolerant of certain backgrounds and a way of life, he writes. In particular, he regards unquestioned support for sodomy and homosexuality as a prerequisite for being allowed to parent. Quote, strongly homophobic individuals are unfit to rear children, Kianpur claims, arguing that, that racists, sexists, and others who are intolerant should all be weeded out as parents through viewpoint testing and, quote, parental licensing. Ironically, Kianpur's words prove he is a bigot who is objectively intolerant of Christians, Muslims, Orthodox Jews, and billions of people worldwide who do not share his friend views on homosexuality. He is also intolerant of people who might have been who might be affiliated with unnamed quote organizations that would give us reason to believe they are objectionably intolerant and therefore ineligible to be parents. 
To determine whether parents would be allowed to raise their own children, Kianpur argues that government officials should develop, quote, standards for parental competency. The government would then evaluate whether particular individuals, quote, meet these standards and prevent those who do not meet these standards from rearing children. And I think you guys get where this goes from here. I don't even want to read more of it because, again, this tells you the mindset of these people. They're, 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 they're very open. They're very transparent about who they are, about what they want to do, what their plans are for us. It just sounds so outlandish that we can't believe it. A professor? Well, where is he getting these ideas? Well, didn't we read earlier in the show how a lot of American universities are getting funding from foreign governments? Foreign institutions like the World Economic Forum who can make bold and radical statements like your child is not yours? This is where we are now in 2023. You have to accept certain ideologies in order to qualify for being a parent. Not that you have a God-given inherent right built into you. No, the state has to authorize you to be human. This is a very, very dangerous precedent. And it doesn't stop there. Let me hurry up and get through these, these, these are the rest of these articles so we can take that break. We're going a little long in the tooth over here with the with, with the opening segment. Um, Elon Musk's Neuralink to implant its experimental brain chips on at least 11 volunteers in 2024. That's right. That's right. Continue on. Uh, I want to get through these and then we'll, we'll, we'll hit a quick break. Brain implant may enable communication from thought alone. Now, why am I pulling this up right after talking about Elon Musk's brain chip? Because that's what they want. He, he says he wants to make Twitter, now X, into an everything app. And we know for a fact that he will most likely use some of the information that he's able to scrape from X and put it onto the Neuralink chip. What am I trying to say is X is the preliminary stages of the beta Borg of the technocracy of the transhumans. We're going to see this type of stuff. It probably is already there. Elon Musk rolls it out for 11 volunteers. Imagine what happens whenever you have a uh, uh, grinders, bioengineers, biotechnists, uh, tech, tech, biotechnocrat type people, transhumanists who get a hold of the blueprints and start working on themselves and working on it themselves. They truly have a crazy, crazy future ahead of us like this right here. Pentagon unveils UFO reporting portal for service members and government workers. The Pentagon on Tuesday launched a new portal where current and former service members, government employees and contractors can report UFO sightings. It says that the secure online forum will help the Department of Defense All Domain Anomaly Res Resolution Office compile accounts of unidentified aerial phenomena sightings to include in its congressionally mandated historical record report, which is due to Congress by June of 2024. Yep. More stuff for the false flag alien invasion, more stuff for the Space Force, more stuff for globalism as well. Uh, alert, globalists at the World Economic Forum openly admit that they're coming for our water supply. 
not only in terms of monetary values, but also in terms of governance, in terms of, of recognizing water as a, as a commons that we now need to manage as a, as a broad systems approach. So that's why this commission is not only necessary, but, but urgent to take this challenge on. You know, not only have we not focused on economics of water, when we have focused on water, we've only focused on drinking water, domestic water, and that is roughly 150 liters per person per day, which is what, what the wealthy are using. It's a, it's a review on the economics of water, and we will be looking at the value of water and considering different novel economic policy measures, which one may be, for example, putting some form of price on water in order to guide and, and give incentives, but not as a price to punish uh, those who are poor, but rather to reward those that are stewards of fresh water for the common good. So this is quite an exciting moment. Yep. So we have it then just casually. And now we need the water next. They're coming for the water next. They're coming up to the resources. This is this is the next great thing. That's what climate change is going to lead us to. The resource wars. The resource wars. Right here, Italy becomes first nation to ban Bill Gates's fake meat due to serious health concerns. Yeah, people shouldn't be eating it. People should not be eating fake meat. Biden regime fast tracks approval of synthetic meat, including Gates's lab-grown chicken meat, an article by Ethan Huff of Natural News that the folks over there at InfoWars reposted on November 8th. It says, in a first for the developed world, the European nations of Italy have decided to ban all fake meat from the country citing, quote, serious health concerns. Numerous recent studies show that the lab-grown synthetic meat of the kind being promoted by the billionaire eugenicist Bill Gates is triggering the formation of turbo cancers in human. Wuhan coronavirus vaccines are doing the same thing, by the way. In a contrast to a recent decision by the Biden, by the Biden regime to fast-track the approval of synthetic meat here in America, Italy is taking the opposite approach by abandoning this stuff outright before it gets the, the chance to harm the Italian people. Quote, Italy is the first nation to say no to synthetic food, to so-called synthetic meat, announced Health Minister Arazio Schielli. Quote, it does so with a formal and official act. You guys can't see it, but I'm doing the chef hands as I'm recording, like the Italian chef hands, like, ah, Mwah, beautiful, bella, beautiful, banner the disgusting meat, a good job. The resolution calls for a commitment to ban the production, marketing, and import of synthetic foods within our territory. According to Schielli, Italy's new regulations against synthetic meat aim to protect the general public against any situation in which, quote, the environmental public health could be at risk or when there is uncertainty regarding the effects of certain products that are being, that are being or will be introduced to the market or consumed. Quote, it is crucial to have measures in place to address these potential risks and ensure the safety of the environment and public health in such cases. Italy is the first nation to say no to synthetic food, to so-called synthetic meat. It does so with a formal and official act. The resolutions called for a commitment to ban the production, marketing and import of synthetic foods within our territory. These regulations aim to regulate situations where the environment or public health could be at risk or when there is uncertainty regarding the effects of certain products that are being or will be introduced to the market or consumed. 
it is crucial to have measures in place to address these potential risks and ensure the safety of the environment and public health in such cases. Good stuff. Don't let scientists come after your food. Don't let them do that. And so for the final clip of the honorable mentions and the start of the show, I'm going to play for you guys a real quick clip that came out, a trailer for a movie called uh, After Death, After Death, where they talk about, you know, um, out-of-body experiences, what happens next after you die. It's made by the same people who did The Sound of Freedom. The Sound of Freedom, the Sound of Freedom Studios put, uh, put this out. Uh, we're going to play this, and then we'll take a quick break right after that. But I think it's very interesting with everything that's going on in the world. Um, call me morbid, call me wild, call me what you want. But death is always with us. It really is. We, 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 we could get taken very quickly in a time like this, in a season of chaos and destabilization. We have to kind of not necessarily be comfortable with death, but understand that this is not our home. And they are going to rapidly try to destroy this world. And there is something greater for us on the other side of all of this. So don't, don't fear death. Don't fear failure. Don't fear these darker things of the world, but understand that they are a part of the duality. So let me, let me play this quick clip and then we'll continue on with the show. Here is the after death trailer. I awoke from unconsciousness standing there next to the bed, feeling better than I'd ever felt before in my life. My vision was greatly increased. Instead of seeing 160 degrees, I could see almost 360 degrees. My depth of field was total. When I looked at something close, I, everything far was in focus. Being an artist and being a visual person, that was the first thing. It's like, wow, I've never been able to see like this. Then I realized that I could hear, smell, taste, touch, everything could feel all the little nuances in the cold linoleum floor. I could hear the buzzing of the fluorescent lights in the ceiling really loudly. All of my senses were greatly, greatly enhanced. We'll be right back right after this.
All right. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends. Salutations, my friends. Welcome back. Yeah, you know, what's crazy is like the 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 honorable mentions, the news crews that we do at the start of the show, like the intro, the intro is a show itself, right? That's me just trying to say like, hey, this is what else is going on in the world as we try to just focus on what's happening here regionally, what's happening with the vaccine, and then what's happening, you know, globally. But yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's, this is just the beginning, right? This is truly just the beginning of what's going on here in the world. And so, uh, again, that one segment sometimes is longer than the, each individual segment of the show uh, because of how much we're just trying to pack within this transmission itself. Uh, but let me start rambling and doing any of that nonsense. Let me go ahead and just start jumping into stuff before I do so. If you guys want to support this operation, the best way to do so is to go to ko-fi.com forward slash noise, paypal.me forward slash noise, patreon.com forward slash noise, or cash cash app at Freedom's Faction. Uh, Or just respond to the episode in the email and then just ask for that there. There's all kinds of different ways to support at this phase. We will be releasing different ways to support our operation down the line, uh, but I'm like I said at the start of the show, really wanting to form a relationship and a community around this 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 first wave, this first phase. Uh, but again, you guys can find more about that in the description bar below. Let's go ahead and start getting back into the content. The real reason why you're here. The real reason. The real reason. Uh, House Oversight Committee issues subpoena for Hunter and James Biden. Oversight Committee ready for Biden crime family members to provide taped interviews regarding shady payments from foreign sources. An article from InfoWars, they put this up November 8th. So as we're talking about universities here in America receiving shady funding from 2014 to 2019, apparently the House Oversight Committee has found that our now sitting president, is doing something similar. It says that the House Oversight and Accountability Committee on Wednesday issued subpoenas to several members of the U.S. President Joe Biden's family, including his brother James and first son Hunter Biden amidst its investigation into potentially illicit financial transactions. Footage of Representative James Comer signing the subpoenas spread on social media, signaling the Oversight Committee is ready for the Biden crime family members to give taped interviews 
regarding payments that pass through various channels and possible efforts to obfuscate the fact that they came from foreign sources. Here's the actual clip of them signing the subpoenas. Apparently this got people very excited, you know. And we talked about this the other week. The new Speaker of the House said, hey, we're going to we're, we're actually going to pursue this. We are going to pursue the Biden crime family wherever this goes. OK, it says in the Constitution. Bribery. Fraud, theft. We have an obligation. To pursue this. And apparently we're seeing follow up on that, but this is good news. It will come with bad news. It will come with bad news. I could, we can only imagine what that will be moving forward. Trump says that I'm the only one that will prevent World War III. You'd have millions of people alive right now if the election was not rigged. What I like, too, is that he's beginning to take the gloves off because these are serious times. The rhetoric has to somewhat escalate. The response has to somewhat escalate because we're not dealing with people who are being reasonable. We're dealing with people who have been bought out and they are following orders. During a speech at the Florida Republican Party's, quote, Freedom Summit in Kissimmee Saturday, Donald Trump declared that he is the only candidate who can prevent World War III, warning that, quote, quote, we are closer than anyone understands to obliteration. When you think of it, how important elections are, you'd have millions of people alive right now if the election wasn't rigged. It'd be alive. Ukraine, Israel, the attack would have never been made. All these people would be alive. The cities would be thriving. To every American who is petrified that Joe Biden's catastrophic weakness will bring our country to ruin, which he has a great chance of doing, it's close to that anyway, close to economic ruin, I make you this promise as your president, and nobody else can say it, I will restore peace through strength. And yes, I am the only one that will prevent World War III because we are very close to World War III. And I know all the players. I know them all. I know them all, every one of them. We will prevent. And this won't be. You know, this could be more red meat. And when you think of. This could be more red meat. Right. This could be more red meat. He could be saying, hey, I'm the only one that's going to stop World War Three. I mean, we've heard this before, too. The Simpsons hasn't been wrong either. He could get killed. They're not going to allow him to operate. They're not going to allow him to succeed. They're not going to allow him to come back because of what he's saying. Yes, his rhetoric is escalating. He is stepping up what he's saying because he can read the tea leaves as well. He sees the writing on the wall. He's equally as worried. Or at least this is the way that they're painting his character the role that is Donald Trump, you know? But no, they're not going to let him or any of his supporters come back. No, instead, what they're going to do is they're going to double down. They're going to let that type of rhetoric, they're going to they're going to invert, satanically degenerate that rhetoric like this. Hillary Clinton compares Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. Deep state criminal appears scared that Trump will follow through with draining the swamp and putting her 
in jail. An article from Vigilant News, they put this up November 8th. It's by Kelly McBreen. It says, failed Democratic presidential candidate and former Obama Secretary of State Hillary Clinton made an appearance on The View Wednesday to propagandize the show's mainstream audience. Speaking about Donald Trump and the potential he's reelected in 2024, Clinton argued that, quote, Hitler was real, was duly elected, right? So all of a sudden, someone with those tendencies, those dictatorial authoritarian tendencies would be like, okay, we're going to shut this down. We're going to throw these people in jail. And they didn't usually telegraph that. What's crazy is this is what these people have done. What's crazy is they, they've, they've shut down their opposition. They've thrown their opposition in jail. And then they've gassed at the opposition saying that we're not doing that. Let's listen to what you was duly elected. That's right. Right. And so all of a sudden, somebody with those tendencies, though, dictatorial, authoritarian tendencies would be like, oh, OK, we're going to shut this down. We're going to throw these people in jail. And, and they didn't usually telegraph that Trump is telling us yes. what he intends yes. to right. do. To listen yes. to Take that. him at his word. Yes. The man <laughs> means to throw people in jail who disagree with him, yeah. shut down legitimate press right. outlets, do what he can to literally undermine the rule of law and our country's values. He will use the military to stop protesters. He's going to do it. He's not going to do a whole bunch of stuff right now. Listen, these, these women, they're scared because they know that their time's running short. And it's not Trump so much that they're worried about. This this liberal world order is it's not scared, but they're being exposed. And so they're doing everything they can to try to hold on to power. Of course, these people, these, these, listen, these are the same people that will tell you to pull up your mask. They won't talk to you unless you've been vaccinated. These are the same people that say that they they, they want to support Ukraine. This is it's the same thing. It's just a different coat. What I'm so worried about whenever you have people like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump show up on the global stage, people are not well in general right now, right? I think we can all agree with that. People are not well mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, you name it. And then whenever you have these type of personalities saying polarizing things, trying to trigger and gaslight people of the opposite uh, of the opposite thought process, that's dangerous. To where now you just have people say, oh, that's racist, that's racist, that's racist, that's racist. Learning useless skills, not actually becoming like productive members of society, literally letting their brains go over into mush. And how did, how did Joseph, what did Joseph Goebbels say? You want to talk about Hitler and Nazis? Repeat the lie, no matter how big it is, just keep repeating the lie. And if you say it enough times, eventually it'll become truth. And that's what these people are doing. They're trying to create this self-fulfilling prophecy. They know they're wrong. They are getting caught. They will be locked up. They will be shut down. There will be consequences for hurting the public. Let's continue on. DOJ announces arrests in high-end brothel network used by elected officials and military officers as well as doctors and more. Now, why is this in the news as we hear about you know, House committee subpoenaing Joe uh, Hunter Biden and James Biden. Speaker Mike Johnson talking about coming after Hunter Biden, the Biden crime family. Jeffrey Epstein, pedo gate. Human trafficking, all this type of stuff. Well, this is another red meat type of article. These cabals of degenerate 
perverts are still operating. We just have to be given some kind of meat to confirm that what we're seeing is true. Let me read this quick article from Christina Lolly of the Gateway Pundit. They put this up November 8th. It says that the Justice Department on Wednesday announced arrests in a high-end brothel network used by elected officials, military officers, doctors, and more. Quote, three individuals have been arrested in connection with operating sophisticated high-end brothels in greater Boston and eastern Virginia. Commercial sex buyers allegedly included elected officials, high-tech and pharmaceutical executives, doctors, military officers, government contractors that possess security clearances, professors, attorneys, scientists and accountants, among others, the U.S. Attorney's Office for, of the District of Massachusetts said. According to the DOJ, the following defendants have been charged with conspiracy to coerce and entice to travel to engage in illegal sexual activity. It says that uh, Han Lee, James Lee, and Jun Ma Young Lee. According to, the, uh, according to the charging documents, the defendants operated an interstate prostitution network with multiple brothels from 2020 in July to present in Cambridge and Watertown, Massachusetts, as well as in Fairfax and Tysons, Virginia. It says that the U.S. Attorney's Office did not disclose the client list. Quote, this case goes back to the summer of 2022 when investigators identified several buyers through surveillance phone records and interviews. Acting U.S. Attorney for Massachusetts, Joshua Levy said, quote, the buyers who made up this ring hail from a array of, of an array of professions. Now, let me go ahead and cut it off right there, right? Because this is, if anything, just an example, a, a, a window piece type article to, to really explain child sex trafficking, human trafficking, pedogate, Jeffrey Epstein types, and things like this. And why I say cabals, right? Because it's not just you know, a, a group of incels or strange internet people. These are professionals that use their actual resources to carry this type of stuff out. Elected officials, military, uh, military officers, scientists, accountants, doctors. How do you think they could pull off trafficking human beings? You might be seeing some of these clips, some of these clips come out of hotels that are just like converted into to, to human trafficking organizations. Storage spaces for, for, for victims, basically. How can, how can human trafficking occur? Well, look at what's going on in, 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 down at the southern border. It's like what George Carlin says when he says, hey, we, it's one big club and we ain't in it. We're not in that club. This is the club. Do you hear how these people are talking? They see us as chattel. You literally just heard somebody say, hey, you don't have an obligation to raise your child. You don't know what you're doing. You don't think that any one of the type of people that we just mentioned in this article alone has that same type of thought process. If there's anything that's worse than racism, it is elitism. And, and, and the globalism and all of the stuff that's attached to this is so deep rooted. It's sick. sick like this right here here's an example of how sick our system's becoming four la sheriff's department employees are dead from suicide in a 24-hour time span is it the shot or is there something shady going on we'll never know we'll never know three people three of the people who took their lives were active members of the department 
while another one was retired. Report claims that the deaths appear to have been unrelated and are currently being investigated as suicide, while the department's homicide bureau also investigates. An article by Don Salazar from Infowars, they put this up November 8th. It says four members of the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department in California all died from suicide within a 24-hour time span, leaving many baffled, baffled by the odd occurrence. Three of the people who took their lives were active members of the department while another one was retired. Let's see. I think there might be a clip. Let's play that. And some tragic news from the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. We have learned that four employees of the department have died by suicide in the last 48 hours. The Sheriff's Department says three were active members of the department. One was retired. Sheriff Robert Luna issued a statement this afternoon saying in part, during trying times like these, it's important for personnel, regardless of rank or position, to check on the well-being of other colleagues and friends. I have the deepest concern for our employees' well-being, and we are urgently exploring avenues to reduce work stress factors to support our employees' work and personal lives. And if you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, there are ways you can get help. Just call or text the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988 at any time. Hello, I'm Mark Brown. Get more great ABC7 content by clicking the subscribe button for our YouTube channel. And download the ABC7 Los Angeles streaming app on Fire TV, Android TV, Apple TV, and Roku to watch on your TV. Okay. Maybe we should get a Roku. Maybe we should get a Roku. That, may, that, that might be cool. Maybe we put our, our episodes over there on Roku. That might open up an, an interesting audience uh, while some new ag news agencies opted out opted not to publish the names of the deceased victims the la times highlighted two of the employees as former chief department spokesperson commander darren harris and retired sergeant greg hovland so it, it, it's super shady super that's shady tragic news from the los angeles given County everything Sheriff's that's department. going on right now with um this shooting there's everything and we're really about to let four people within a, a single department die in mysterious and unknown circumstances whenever there probably is a legitimate reason. That's why I'm like, is it the vaccine? Was it a hit job? Did these people uncover something? Are these departments, these sheriff's departments operated by Masons, activists, foreign nationals? You see, like you see what I'm saying. You see how many different possibilities there that there there could be with this, but we just will never know because we're not in a time of 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 truth. We're not in a time of clarification. We're not in a time of discernment. We're in a time of lies, manipulation, and more trickery, deceit, and that's why this is so dangerous because we won't know. Woke school, woke teachers trying to ban classic novel from schools to, quote, protect students. But gay porn is fine, though. An article by Steve Watson from Summit.News, they put this up November 6th. It says that the Washington Post reports that, quote, progressive teachers in Washington state are attempting to get the To Kill a Mockingbird, authored by Harper Lee, banned in schools in order to protect students. It says that the report notes that the Mokilito, Mokilito, school district, I don't know, 
uh, teachers are adamant that this classic novel published in 1960 is, quote, outdated and harmful. Set in the Deep South during the Great Depression, the book deals with the themes of racial injustice, gender roles, and rape, to name a few. While it was awarded in while it was awarded the 1961 Pulitzer Prize for Fiction and was voted the best book of the past 125 years by the New York Times readers in 2021, it has long been criticized for the racial useful, racial slurs by characters, which critics also suggesting the novel relies too heavily on stereotypes. The report notes that, quote, students share their discomfort with the way 1960 novel about racial injustice portrays black people, adding that, quote, one black teen said the book misre misrepresented him and other African-Americans. Another complained that the novel did not move her because it written, wasn't written about her or for her. The post, goes, the post adds that another student, quote, spoke about how, the, how a white teen said the N-word aloud while reading, the, while reading from Mockingbird, disobeying the teacher's instructions to skip the slur. The teachers filed a motion challenging the place of the novel on the list of the approved books and successfully got it removed from ninth grade classes. Now, let me pause right there. Let's, obviously, we have to touch on this. Like, I don't know. I don't think you can cure racism. I honestly think that people have to be exposed to it in order for them to, like, not be racist. I think that there is inherent racism. I think, I think the stereotypes are real. There's probably, like, a grain of truth in every single stereotype. You know, so certain people not being able to drive a certain way, certain people having all kinds of cars all packed, certain people bumping too much music, certain people doing certain things. I think stereotypes are very real. And I don't think that you can educate away racism. I think people have to be exposed to racism in order for them to not be racist. But what's happening now is we're like becoming, it's like we're becoming like anti-racist racists. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're against racism, but in doing so, we're displaying extraordinarily racist tactics and racial behaviors. It's crazy. And this, this stuff right here, Banning books to protect students that doesn't protect them. It makes them, if anything, vulnerable and ignorant. Knowledge is power, and they want to keep them stupid. Moving on, let me play for you guys real quick a clip of a young girl that woke up from how feminism is a scam. She says that they tricked women into becoming part of a Masonic wage slave system, having women join the workforce. They doubled on the taxes when it's meant to destroy the family unit from the inside out, pin men against women, as long as they don't reproduce, the better. Let me play this quick clip where this girl's talking about that and then we'll continue on. Feminism is a scam. A few years ago, I was an angry, blue-haired feminist. I once believed that male privilege was real and that I was a victim of the wage gap. Now that I understand the true motives of feminism, I know that this could not be further from the truth and that modern-day feminism is a war on true masculinity. Before women had the right to vote, most were stay-at-home wives, which meant they weren't working jobs and couldn't be taxed. Our overlords didn't like that. Rockefeller started funding feminist campaigns in media, and as a consequence of the movement, women started entering the workforce and leaving the home. Children would then be separated from their parents and sent to Rockefeller-funded schools to be indoctrinated by the state. All of this ultimately disrupting the family unit at its core. Feminism is defined as the belief in social, economic, and political equality of the sexes. But in the West, I must ask, what rights do men have that women don't? Modern feminists are convincing women that hookup culture, using hormonal birth control, and not shaving is liberation. That toxic masculinity is prevalent and the patriarchy must be dismantled 
dismantled. Through movies and media, we're taught that working for the man, climbing the corporate ladder and paying tax is more empowering and valuable than raising the next generation. Women have lost touch with our natural loving instincts and birth rates are plummeting. Men and women are not the same. And by protesting for equality of outcome rather than opportunity, feminists are demonizing and emasculating men. More power to her. More power to Feminism this Feminism is a scam. More power to this angry blue-haired feminist that woke up. Yeah, have more kids. Have more kids. And, you know, the sad part is, is, is a lot of these people do wake up after taking the shot. And they want to have kids. They want to have a family. They want to be traditional. They won't be able to. Because the damage is done. But kudos to this girl for waking up. And kudos to the others that will have to wake up and realize your role is not out there in the workforce. Your work, your work is to create the next force. Like your, your, your work is to be like a steward. It goes God, husband, wife, children. And then, and then teaching them from there. That's why this is so important. That's why what are the, what's crazy is this is like a theme that we've been having throughout the entire show so far. This discussion about traditional home values, how you're raising yourself, how your parents raised you, how you want to move forward in life, but also how the state is gripping the future through abortion, indoctrination of the generation, chemicals, vaccines, you name it. And so it truly is a fight for the future. They literally have us fighting against sexes about gender it's not against it's, it's not me and you against one another it's about us against the system this system's trying to put us apart to itemize us to categorize us to get maximum value as it squeezes our life away from us speaking of even more wicked things far left universities are setting up classes to teach satanism and witchcraft an article from the People's Voice, they put this up November 5th. This is nothing new if you're a longtime listener of this show. And there's a reason why we're pulling this article up right after talking about feminism being a scam. You, do you remember the witches that bind Trump? Hex Brett Kavanaugh? Our whole, our, our whole occult world series where we talk about this weird subtlety of occultism, mysticism, witchcraft, Satanism, and all this stuff just creeping into the left. You can still find articles on it on our website all the way back to from 2017. It says that multiple far-left universities in America and the UK have begun teaching students Satanism, witchcraft, and magic. According to a report by the Washington Stand, several schools have started teaching their students how to practice dark magic. WND.com reports that those schools include the University of Exeter in England, which will offer a master's degree in witchcraft, magic, and the occult by next year. Let me pause right here, okay? I, I seriously have to pause right here. Because we're dealing with people who have a master's in liberal arts degrees, people who, people who have degrees in gender studies, people who have degrees in basket weaving basically now we're going to have people who have degrees and witchcraft magic and the occult now listen to me i studied demonology i wanted to be a priest i couldn't tell if i wanted to be a priest or a monk 
a bishop or a preacher, but I wanted to do something in the faith. I knew that very early on. That's why I went through the whole cycle of, you know, studying theology, theosophy, uh, you know, being like a Buddhist monk for a bit, a Taoist, uh, you know, a Unitarian. Uh, and then I, I round tripped it all the way back to Christianity. <laughs> I round tripped it all the way back because I wanted a deeper relationship with God. And I didn't want to use a crystal. I didn't want to use like, you know, some kind of intermediary. I didn't want to have a, a Ouija board. I wanted to say, can I call you up? I feel weak and broken. God, can you take my pain? That's what I wanted. But now we have people who want a master's degree in the occult. It says in America, it's Rice University that teaches Gnosticism, Esotericism, and Mysticism, offering a quote certificate from its religion department that focuses on magic, ritual, and witchcraft. Quote, witches are back and they want academic credit. Albert Moeller, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, explained in a recent podcast, a report said, the Stan report explained that, quote, Muller discussed how these are universities that once understood the universals, the good, the beautiful, and the true, to be held together within the Christian worldview, which Jesus Christ is the unity of all truth. But we are now in a time, he added, where Christ is removed as the unity of all truth, and, and these universals have been divided, which leads to programs centered around ancient paganism. Joseph Backholm of the Center of Biblical Worldview explained to the Washington stand that it's not new that there's an interest in quote magic. In fact, the interest dates to biblical times. Quote, witchcraft was, was specifically condemned in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy and King Saul consulted witch, the witch of in, with the witch of Endor in Samuel 1. But humans are quote wired with an interest in the supernatural, he said. Quote, magic is sometimes where we turn when we want access to supernatural power, but we don't want to submit to anyone. It creates the illusion of power with control, he said. Obviously not, quote, all supernatural is good. Quote, all supernatural power that is not from God is from Satan. It's real power, but it comes at a tremendous cost that is not disclosed up front. Back home explained, back home explained that, quote, Satan's goal is to just keep the crown of God's creation, humanity, from knowing their creator. Both atheism and magic accomplish that goal. So Satan is happy to, with either choice. Atheism is for those who think something can come from nothing, and magic is for those who can't quite shake the idea that there is something more, but still want to be in charge themselves. Officials said that the new Exeter program will be based in its Institute of Arab and Islamic Studies. So there you have it. If you keep going to college, if you keep going to college or you keep going to these colleges, you can... <laughs> You, you, you can end up becoming a practicing Satanist. And I think that's that that's not a joke. Like, that's what's crazy. A lot of these people are practicing Satanists and occultists and witches and warlocks without them even knowing it. How wild is that? Like, like it, it's like when we talk about Aleister Crowley and how the message he got from Lamb was how the whole do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And how this 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 the ushering in of sexual revolution and how this 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 was a great demon itself, and how that's how they were going to bring forth this new age, this new, basically satanic age, and how perversion and wickedness and sexual sexual lust, how this is going to bring forth something even crazier. This is what it's bringing forth: an amalgamation of just dark magic. 
Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I kind of want to play it. We're, we're going to do a little bit of a doom break real quick. Not sure what you what you'd call this. It's a oh maybe maybe we can get it. Let me see if I can get it. There you go. Let me play for you guys a quick clip. I guess it's like a doom break, but not really. It's of a uh you'll see. You'll see. Speaking of everything that's going on sexually. Speaking of everything that's going on with relation dynamics, feminism, and things like this, let me play for you guys this real quick clip, and then we'll continue on with the show about this spirit of corruption that's just gripped the population. And this video is called POV, you're on a date with a woman in her 30s. Point of view, you're on a date with a woman in her 30s. Let's listen. Yes, hi. Wow, you have the exact amount of hair that you have in your profile photo. You have no idea how refreshing that is. <laughs> um, sorry, yeah, before we order drinks, can I just lay a few things out into the table so we're both not wasting our precious times when we could be answering unread emails? <laughs> so um, I'm looking for a husband and someone to have kids with. Ooh, yikes, I know. <laughs> um, I'm not saying right now. You don't have to impregnate me on top of these menus. That's just what I'm looking for right now. So if commitment is like the boogeyman to you, I totally get it, but, you know. Also, I have never come to completion solely by having an eggplant inside of my flower garden. It's important that you know that. In my multiple years of being sexually active, it's never happened not once. So I appreciate you not making your entire personality about being the person who changes that. <laughs> it's going to affect your manhood. I'm probably just not the girl for you. And I'm definitely not going to spend the next 10 years pretending like I am, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm a feminist, shocker. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily saying you have to be. Labels can be weird. I just would prefer you not think that any man who willingly went to go see Barbie was gay by default. Also, that being said, my best friend's on standby and she will come save me immediately should you say anything even remotely resembling an Andrew Tate quote. That one's just for my safety. Now, last but not least, I'm looking for someone who wants me as a partner, not a cheerleader. The blonde hair can sometimes throw people off. So if you want a little more rah-rah, sis, boom, ba, Chris, I love that for you. You're a very attractive man. That's why you're here. I'm sure you can find a variety of options available to you at the local mall. Now, that being said, Chris, do you feel like we're on the same page? Can we order a drink and try not to talk about our ex for the next hour or are we reading different chapters? Fantastic. Let me go pay for parking. I'll be right back. Yikes. Whole lot going on there. Whole lot going on there. Glad I'm married. Glad I'm married. Glad I have a daughter. Glad I don't have to do this, man. Oof, geez. There's a whole lot going on there. You know, wait, wait till she approaches the topic of children. Yeah, she wants to be pregnant. And like we've been alluding to throughout this show, heaven forbid you take that vaccine because you're a feminist and it's racist if you don't. You find out you're, 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 you're sterile. You're going to topple that man's patriarchy and God help him. God help him. Uh, but, you know, this is this is what's going on. This is what's sad. You've got people who are really, really entitled to the wrong thing, really wanting the wrong thing. Trying to speed, trying to speed date and speed run like. It, 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 it's sad. I think that's what I'm trying to say. In a weird way, it's very sad. Uh, but speaking of sad and the consequences of just way too much propaganda, seven Nashville police officers have been suspended amidst the investigation into the leaked manifesto of the racist trans murderer, Audrey Hale. An article by Jim Hoft, the Gateway Pundit, they put this up November 8th. It says that seven Nashville police officers have been placed on administrative leave following the leak of the manifesto of the school shooter, Audrey Hale. 
who fatally shot three nine-year-olds and three teachers before being shot dead by police. The manifesto, which was shrouded in secrecy since the shooting, revealed Hans Hale's, plane, Hale's plan to target little crackers and white privileged individuals, which sparked a heated debate over whether it should be made public. The local authorities and FBI refused to release the manifesto to the public following the mass shooting by Hale in March. It can be recalled that Nashville police told Fox News in late April that they had would finally release the manifesto of the trans shooter that they had recovered from her car following the attack on March 27, 2023. The release of the manifesto was delayed, was delayed again in early May. It says that, uh, let me see if I can go ahead and just try to find the manifesto, honestly. I want to find the manifesto. I want to read him talking about or her talking about it talking about little crackers, white privilege and this type of stuff uh, right here. 3-27-2023. So March 27th, 2023. The day is the, today is the day. The day has finally come. Can't believe it's here. Don't know how I was able to get this far, but here I am. I'm a little nervous, but excited too. been excited for the past two weeks. There were several times I could have I could have been caught, especially because of the summer of 2021. None of that matters now. I'm almost an hour and seven minutes away. Can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. My only fear is if anything goes wrong. Where is this manifesto? Let's see if we can find the ramblings of this insane asylum, of this, of this, this person. I don't, uh, maybe I should have tried to find it prior to the show. I think the main takeaway here is that this is a radicalized trans activist going out here, wanting to shoot white people or people that they consider have, have privilege. Yeah, let me, yeah, let's continue on with the show. Here's another example of just, just these radical trans activists losing their mind. Yeah, uh, here is a trans activist having a meltdown over being dead named in court documents. David, a man who identifies or who plays pretend woman was arrested after allegedly stalking, harassing and financially exploiting his elderly parents. They eventually had to file a restraining order against him his own parents. He has also been accused by a woman of grooming her to become his sexual partner and allegedly tried to manipulate her into sending lewd photos. David has also received praise from the media for his anti-Trump and BLM status. Really angry. I just learned something. Uh, and I just, I'm kind of speechless and I just want to capture some of what's going on and talk about this. So I've just learned that uh, with my court case here, um, they filed the charges in my dead name. Um, I'm transgender and I use she and her pronouns and I legally changed my name six years ago uh, to Danielle Tatiana Moscato. I uh, came out of the closet 10 years ago um, and they filed these charges in my dead name, which is an offensive thing to do to, to bring up somebody's dead name for any reason. I mean, you just don't do it. It's transphobic. It's, it's unkind to all trans people. You just, there's no reason to do that. Um, 
And anyway, so they filed these charges against me in my dead name. And so I was forced to show up in court and let me pause right here because you are listening to mental illness and you're also listening to denialism. I'll pause. I'll back it up. Let me pause right here and say this real quick. These type of people, he's getting upset because he's being called his real name. It's like when you yell at your child, you know, and you call them by their full name and they know the difference. Sort of like the little nickname you've given them. Like if I called my daughter her full name, she knows I'm being serious. That's what's happening with this, this, this trans activist. He's not being dead named. He's being called his real name. Okay. We're not playing your little Moscato delusional game. You're going to court. So this is all real. And so another, another fact with this too, is that's how these people get out of cases. That's, that's how these, these sex offenders, these pedophiles, these trans activists, that's how they, they perpetrate these crimes by coming up with new names. Yeah. They leave their old identity and then they move forward with this weird version of who the hell they are now. Let's continue. You against, there's no reason to do that. Um, and anyway, so they filed these charges against me in my dead name. And so I was forced to show up in court and use, you know, whatever limited leeway I might have with this judge about this to mention that I first need some more time to come up with money to hire an attorney. I have disabilities. I haven't worked in several years. I'm in the process of applying for disability benefits, but it takes five years on average and I'm on year seven and that's just how long it takes. And I'm, I'm just, I have a GoFundMe and I'm trying to raise the money for an attorney. And I just, I said, I need some more time. You know, this was very unexpected. And uh, second, I, I apologize for, you know, being a, a stickler about this, but you're dead naming me in these charges. That is not my name. I legally changed my name 60 years ago. This is offensive aside from inaccurate. It's transphobic and I'm really pissed off about it. We need to fix my name on here. So I showed up in court and I had to explain this and the judge seemed to, to be okay with it at least. I brought my ID that has my name, Ta Danielle Tatiana Moscato on it to show him. And he ordered that they change the name. And I know, I know that the detective knows that I'm trans. Now I know with 100% certainty that the prosecutor does too, because she was right there when I said this. So the judge ordered that they change the name on the, on the filing, and they did. And I just found out they changed it to Danielle, which is my new first name, Brian, which is my dead name, middle name, Moscato, which is uh, hasn't changed. I wonder what his actual court is. I, I wonder what his actual, yeah. I wonder what this guy's actual problem is. Probably a pedophile, probably a creep. You know, those types. You know, those types. Uh, Nashville Covenant School Trans Shooters Manifesto has been leaked. Let's see, I wanna, I wanna read it. I wanna read the manifesto. Apparently Steven Crowder released it up here it is is a continuation yep i hope my victims aren't my only fear is if anything goes wrong i'll do my best to prevent anything of the sort god let my wrath take over my anxiety it might be 10 minutes tops it might be three to seven it's going to go so quick i hope i have a high death count i'm ready to die kill those crits kill it it's gone back to uh, february 3rd 2023 now 
where in the, the manifesto it says, kill those kids, those crackers, go into private fancy schools with those fancy khaki sport backpacks with their little daddy's Mustangs and their convertibles. F you little shits. I want to shoot you weak ass dicks. Your mop yellow hair. want to kill you all, you little crackers, bunch of little faggots with your white privilege, you F you faggots. And so, man, sad part is like, let me pause right here because this is like a trans activist. Like, like you're, you're, we're reading the cringe. We're reading like the adolescent approach towards envy and jealousy. Um, You know, what's crazy is like, we talk about this when it comes to like the migrants, right? That the migrants are going to come down here. You know, they're going to take all of our stuff that they envy everything we have. They're not talking like this. This is, this is somebody that's mentally deranged. Somebody that's not well, that is literally targeting people. And then it has a little bit of a, it has a, a, a countdown for what he did. 7 a.m. He got dressed, played with his stuffed animals and possessions. At 9 a.m. He ate breakfast at home, packed up special belongings at 9.30. 10 o'clock, he left for the Royal, Royal Range, set up his guns at 10.20. Uh, at 11.20, vinyl videotape. 11.35, leave for Covenant School. He arrives at 12 o'clock, checks the parking lot for security. At uh, 12.05 to 12.10, he prepares for the attack. At 12, he locks and loads all the weapons. And he open fires towards the southwest entrance at 12.33. And then uh, we, we all know what, what happens from there. And so more information is coming out. And why, why are we rehashing this? Because I think we actually played the information and the clip, the video clip, whenever this person got shot. Why is this more important now? Well, obviously, they're going to come after gun control act. They're going to to play the gun control card. They're going to want to come after people. They're going to want to do these type of things. But this also paints a larger picture for what's wrong with America. What's wrong with the population? What's wrong with this spirit of corruption that they're just putting out there to people, people are picking up on these transmissions and they're, and they're, they're enacting these crazy things. How did this person do these things? It's not for us to know, but what we do know is more of these type of things are going to happen. And so here is a quick documentary or at least another trailer for D trans. It's a, it's a movie that's come out. Uh, this is posted over there at libs, libs of TikTok on Twitter says PragerU is exposing exposing the social contagion and agenda of kids becoming trans and how it's been made worse by social media. The castration and mutilation of minors in the name of, quote, gender affirmation might be the biggest medical scandal in modern history. Let's play this and then we'll continue on. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out. And I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed 
I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-trans, the dangers of gender affirming care. And unfortunately, this is this is not a new topic on the show. This is this is not an anomalous event. This is not something that we we're we're, we're taken back by. Unfortunately, this is something that we've seen all too much of. And when you're giving kids puberty blockers, uh, hormones, and again, the, the, the social media re-encouraging factor of just mutilating and destroying your body, this is not a good thing. And so you have, you have thousands, if not millions of a generation that have been affected by this mind virus. That's essentially what it is. It's a mind virus that's infected an entire generation, making them think something completely the opposite thinking of lunacy, thinking of inverting logic, inverting reality, of employing magical and delusional thinking. And so what happens when these people wake up from this horrible reality that they themselves have inflicted upon themselves? That's why we're getting that. That's why we can play clips of, uh, you know, mentally deranged people getting upset that they're being called their real name, that they're being, quote, dead named because they're that far lost in their own delusion. And like you heard this one gentleman say in this trailer, one day he just woke up and looked at himself in the mirror and said, what the heck am I doing? Everybody's going to have that moment, too. The same way people are having it with the vaccine, they're going to have that moment of waking up, doing this, saying this is not right. This is delusional. What have I done to myself? What have these people done to themselves? And it's not just themselves that they hurt. It's us as well, the people that have to watch them go through this pain and at the same time, watch them go through the redemption process, the detransitioning process. Because now we have a whole generation of people that literally get upset if we don't call them by their imaginary name or pronoun that we're supposed to telepathically know because they've been indoctrinated to think these type of things. That's why I say it's a spirit of corruption. And why these ideas, these ideologies, they're so powerful. Ideas are bulletproof. They're meant to be shared. But look at what they're sharing with us. Look at the look at the the, the effects it's having on us. You see. But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of effects and things they're doing to us, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, the COVID vaccine. There's still more information coming out about that. Even though they're trying to take us to war, they're getting tired with Ukraine, they maybe want to fund the Palestinians, the, the, the killing cure is still unfolding. Justin Trudeau just got his most recent update, his most recent vaccine, and in doing so, he wore a short 
a shirt that says vaccines cause adults. I'm going to be playing that for you guys, as well as the FDA issuing an alert on the wrong vaccine doses for kids. CNN finally admitted that vaccines have an increased link to strokes, as well as the demand for unvaxxed sperm. We're going to be talking about the killing cure and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Those lies and share truth. This is Zero, Freedom Faction, out.
Hey, 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 are you still here? You're still listening? That's great. You want other people to listen like you in the future? Best thing you can do is support this operation. How do you do that? Hit the links in the description bar below. Go to Coffee, go to PayPal, go to Patreon, or go to Cash App. There's all kinds of different ways to support this message. And if it's not you, share it to a friend. Really? Like, there, there, there's there's no monetary incentive. You don't have, like, it's not required. But I bet you all have that one friend that you keep it a thousand with, that you talk to, that you say, hey, man, like, Biden's a bozo. You know, Biden's a bozo. Obama's somewhere. They're all reptilian shapeshifters. You know, they're satanic technocrats. I'm sure you all have that one friend that you shoot straight. Show me to them. Take me to them. Help us build our ranks. There's not enough of us. You understand? So there's a lot of ways to support this operation. Financially or socially. Eventually, it will be politically. And there will be even more ways to support this message. You see what's going on with these ideas. You see how some ideas can be dangerous. Support this idea. Watch what danger we create. Watch the fear will strike in our opponent's eyes and in their hearts and in their minds. Listen, their propaganda wouldn't be necessary if there was a chance for success. They wouldn't have deleted your boy and done everything they've done if we couldn't actually beat them, if we weren't actually successful. So continue to ensure that this message gets out. Click the links in the description bar below. And again, like I said, you guys can either support us financially Support us socially by getting the word out or, or support us conversationally by jumping into the Discord server. Have a conversation. Leave me a voice message. Like, get from behind the screens. Get out there. Start networking. Start believing what you're saying. Start living what you're talking about. And start being in more alignment. See what happens. See what happens. But that's the best way to support us by going to ko-fi.com forward slash noise paypal.me forward slash noise, patreon.com forward slash noise, or hit us up on Cash App at Freedoms Faction. Let's go ahead and start jumping into the meat and potatoes of this episode, or at least the meat and potatoes of the rest of the show. Here is Justin Castro getting, what I don't know, like a second or fourth shot. Here we go. Hold up. So audio listeners, you're probably like, what the heck did I just listen to? Uh, It was Justin Castro getting a shot. Trudeau pushes COVID-19 and flu shots sports shirt that says vaccines cause adults. An article by Alex Nitzberg from Blaze Media. They put this up November 8th. Says Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that he received a COVID-19 booster and a flu shot on Wednesday. And... He also advocated for others to get jabbed as well. Quote, got my COVID-19 booster and flu shot this morning. You should get yours too. To find out why, how, and where you can get your shots, click here, Trudeau said in a social media post while providing a link. The post also included a video in which the prime minister could be seen sporting a shirt with the message, quote, vaccines cause adults. And this is clearly them trying to take a dig at the growing vaccine movement, saying that vaccines cause autism. Because there's a lot, there's 
vaccines cause autism. There's a lot of links. The thimerosal, the mercury that's in the actual vaccines, the overdosing of it. I mean, my God, we're, we're to be talking about how children are being given adult dosages of, 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 of the COVID vaccine. You don't think that they did this with previous vaccines? So him saying vaccines cause adults is him trolling us saying that vaccines cause autism. He's saying that, oh, well, adults took the COVID shots. Bozos take the COVID shots. Slaves take the COVID shots. Branch COVIDians take the COVID shot. You know, I'm going to say this and I'm going to continue on before I get fired up again off the wrong thing. I'm thinking to myself how much we're talking about Mexico, how much we're talking about Canada, how much America is suffering because of this crap. We're, 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 we're in a weird, soft way talking about the North American Union. We're already talking about globalization. We're inheriting the problems of our neighbor nations. So I, I, I just wanted to point that out as I find myself talking more about Paul, uh, Pierre Polyev, Justin Castro, what's going on there that, down at the southern border. Uh, Ted Cruz's wife was one of the actual architects for the North American Union. So we are in that time frame. This is our, we are already in the stages of the North American Union and the global the global world order. Let me continue on with the article so we can, so we can move forward. This is a Blaze TV host, Sarah Gonzalez, responded to Trudeau's tweet by writing, quote, good luck with the myocarditis. Quote, I don't know who made Trudeau's shirt, but they spelled myocarditis wrong. Someone else tweeted, Trudeau has tested positive for COVID-19 more than once in the past. And so he needs more shots because the vaccines work so well. So this is them just preparing you again for another round of shots. And as we talked about just last week, people doing these shots at the same time end up having increased stroke risks. And so if you start seeing, you know, more patients in some of these facilities complaining about uh, uh, complaining about strokes or you have a loved, loved one that's complaining about strokes after getting their most recent COVID and flu shot, it's because of stuff like this. They're still being propagandized because they're not done. They are not done. Uh, Gates Foundation's venture into AI for global health will produce far more harm than good. An article by Patricia Harity of the Daily Expose, they put this up November 19th, November 9th. It says that the Gates Foundation's AI initiative is getting scrutinized and criticized from a variety of points of view. And now a trio of academics have offered their, has offered their take on the controversial push into using AI to supposedly advance, quote, global health. What seems to have prompted this particular reaction, authored by researchers from the University of Vermont, Oxford University, and the University of Cape Town, was an announcement in early August, says author D. Rankovic. Faith Foundation at the time let the world know that it was in for a new scheme worth $5 million and sent to bankroll 48 projects whose task was to implement AI language from AI large language models, quote, in low income and middle income countries to improve the livelihood and well-being of the communities globally. Every time, as it's been many times now, that the foundation chooses to present itself as a, quote, benefactor of, quote, lower middle income countries, it leaves observers critical of the observation of the organization and its founders, quote, experiments and feeling somewhat, if not a lot, ill at ease. But feelings are one thing and scientific facts, hopefully often another. And the paper, the gist of which is available in the article, asks, is the Gates Foundation trying to leapfrog 
global health inequalities. So let me, let me pause right here. One of the reasons why I wanted to bring up the idea of a global health model created by Bill Gates using AI. I just get this like this, this brave new world Logan's run thought process of just like computer models saying, okay, you were allowed to live this long. Here is your allotted time to live. Here's when you have to die. The model doesn't support you, you know, living. Your carbon footprint is too much. We can't sustain you. This is the introduction into technocratic healthcare, where you consume too much, but you produce very little. Your carbon footprint is massive. There's no way to offset you, so we're just going to let you die. It's environmentally friendly for us to just grad, you know, give you some credits because you got your CBDC, your central bank digital currency, you got your wallet set up, you scanned your iris, you've given us your surveillance information. We'll give you a couple shekels, but we're not going to give you any actual care. You'll have your universal basic income after, you know, doing XYZ tasks, but you're going to die. Okay. And, and that's, and that's what this is. That's what this is. Let me, part of me wants to continue on. Yeah, let's go ahead and continue on. We'll, we'll continue on a little bit and um, we'll move forward. But in scientific language, the initiative announced on August 9th is highly likely yet another one of Gates's project that will, while making all the right promises, improving lives and well-being of the people around the world, particularly the poor or the verging on poverty, the results might be very different. The study is not yet mincing too many words from a related article. They're saying, quote, there are at least three reasons to believe that the unfettered imposition of these tools into already fragile and fragmented healthcare delivery system risks doing more, doing far more harm than good. The research then breaks it down to the very nature of AI, i.e. machine learning, saying, quote, if you feed, if you feed biased or low quality data into a machine that supposedly learns outcomes of reproduction thereof, perhaps even worse than before is how the author author puts it. So then if we were to believe what many scholars and activists do, namely that, that, that quote, the world and its governing political economy is structurally racist, what could be expected as an outcome of an AI learning from that particular huge data set? And I, and I, and I think you guys get it. I think you guys get it where they're going from this. This is the, this is the, this is the framework for the terminators is how I see it. Someone like me, I see it as the, the framework for the terminators. Really a global AI health model that tells you when to take your pills, when to take your drugs, when your time is up and more insane. Moving forward, 11 children ages 9 to 19 had cardiac arrests at U.S. schools in the past month. And we are only in the ninth day of November. The ninth day. Is there a time bomb in your child's chest? Let's let's read a little bit of this because there's some there's a news clip on one. I'll read these these names and we'll continue on. I think we might have talked about some. November 4th, 
2023, Davey, Florida, 14-year-old. Um, Knox McEwen is a Western High School Air Force Junior ROTC member. On November 4th, he was running at the junior Army Junior ROTC exercise when he suffered a cardiac arrest during a 5K run and died at the hospital. He said that his mother is recovering from a hard-fought battle with cancer this past year. Florida family is dealing with an unimaginable... We'll, we'll play that one shortly after. Uh, Ridgefield High School in Connecticut. A student has died early morning on October 30th. 15-year-old Tommy Bergeron was on the Ridgefield High School rugby and football team. It's a sad state of affairs, Tommy. I played rugby, my friend. I love the scrums. Sad to hear it. Memphis, Tennessee on October 23rd. 14-year-old Kingston Davidson was in class when he fell ill and had a cardiac arrest, died suddenly. October 18th, Putnam County, West Virginia, nine-year-old Griffin Cavender, a third grader at Scott T's elementary school was in gym class when he went into cardiac arrest. Good Christ. Good Christ. Uh, Grays, Grays Lake, Illinois, school bus driver Beverly Raditz was waiting for a local high school soccer team to board her bus for a Saturday game. Just before boarding, one of the students collapsed and went into cardiac arrest. And I think we read about this one just the other week. Angel Hernandez, the sophomore at Chislon Trail High School, completed the 5K run in Tarrant County, but quickly collapsed after crossing the finish line and died an hour later. And it's just, it goes on and on and on it's sad this is this is this is the silent slaughter that nobody's talking about nobody's saying anything about just just the 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 mega death that's happening right now Florida families dealing with an unimaginable tragedy today. Their teenage son died suddenly while running in a 5K over the weekend. He was a student at Western High School in Davie. Let's get to Ari Azar, who joins us live with, uh, with more on this heartbreaking story, Ari. Yeah, Roxy, this campus is in mourning right now. Western High School called in grief counselors to talk to anyone who feels like they need to talk to somebody after this tragic news that happened on Saturday over the weekend. So we're talking about a 14-year-old student, 14-year-old Knox McEwen was running in a 5K race on Saturday. It was a junior ROTC event being held at Everglades High School in Miramar, and police say he suffered some type of medical emergency, which proved to be fatal. It's obviously tragic, of course, and stunning, and we still don't know the details of what the medical emergency was. So Western High School principal Jimmy Orojo sent this statement to parents on Saturday saying, I am saddened to share tragic news impacting our Wildcat community. One of our JROTC students passed away this morning after being transported to the hospitals. I wanted to offer my deepest condolences to his family and loved ones, teachers and classmates as they mourn this great loss. I ask our Wildcat community to rally around the family in prayer and support during this time of deep sorrow. Please know that grief counselors will be available on campus this week to meet with anyone needing assistance or support. Thank you for your understanding and your continued support during this difficult time. There's also a GoFundMe account that's been set up to help the family pay the funeral expenses. And this is obviously a horrific, tragic thing that happened here at the school. 
Um, we're going to try to find some more people who perhaps know this young man to talk to later to bring that to you in our afternoon newscast. We're live in Davie, Ari Odzer, NBC6 News. Truly a shame. I was trying to find additional clips to play. It seemed like there was other, um, other, other news clips, but it seems like that may have been, unfortunately may have been the only one, the only one truly a shame. All these lives, all these lives and more are impacted. Disgusting, absolutely disgusting. UK government to stop publishing the deaths by COVID-19 vaccination status because the data has shown for two and a half years that the COVID vaccine reduces lifespan significantly and that the vaccine account, the vaccinated account for over nine and 10 deaths. I think we actually talked about that last week. That's what you're hearing right now. The shuffling in the back. Was it was it 13, 11 or was it 13, 12, where we talked about uh, the vaccine taking off 25 years of your life? Truly insane. It says that the UK government department known as the Office for National Statistics has quietly confirmed that it will no longer publish data on deaths by COVID by, by vaccination status because for the past two and a half years, the data has proven COVID-19 vaccination is deadly, reducing the lifespan, and that over nine in 10 COVID deaths are actually amongst vaccinated. Yeah, this is a silent slaughter. That's 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 what we're talking about. Yeah, right here. Yeah, right here. CDC warns COVID jabs reduce the lifespan by at least 25, 24 years. Covered that last week. Covered that last week. Seems to be making the rounds again this week. They're killing us. They're killing us and they don't want you to know. They don't want you to catch on. Because if you, if you catch on, then they have to stop it. They have to do something about it. That's why they arrested Reiner Fulmec in Mexico a couple weeks back. Because he was setting up an infrastructure to legally and lawfully come after these people. They don't want that. You hold these people accountable, they're going to have all kinds of, you're going to have all kinds of problems. So that's why they're just doubling down and making things worse progressively as fast as they can. Watch this. FDA issues alert on wrong COVID vaccine date doses for children. An article by Jack Phillips of the Epoch Times, they put this up November 3rd. It says that the FDA issued an alert to healthcare providers about COVID-19 vaccine doses. The FDA issued an alert to healthcare providers to administer the right dosage of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine to children amid reports that double doses were given to children. And so, oh my God. And so when, like, this, this is what the type of shit, this is the type of stuff we're talking about. You're giving double doses to children and you're wondering why heart attacks are up, cardiac arrests are up, like kids are dying left and right. Quote, we are advising healthcare providers who administer the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine to an individual's six months through 11 years of age to ensure that the correct volume of the vaccine is withdrawn from the vial so that the correct dose is administered to the vaccine recipient, the FDA alert said. The FDA said it has since revised a fact sheet for healthcare providers on the mRNA vaccines to, quote, further clarify that 0.25 milliliters should be withdrawn from the vial 
and that the vial and any excess volume should be discarded. The agency added that it, quote, has become aware that some healthcare providers may not recognize that the single dose of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine for use in individuals six months through 11 years of age contains notably more than 0.5 milliliters of the vaccine. Some healthcare providers may be withdrawing the entire contents of the vial to administer to an individual. However, the vial of a single dose is only 0.25 milliliters. It came after a five-year-old girl in North Carolina accidentally received a double dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. According to her father, her, her mother, it says that the unnamed mother told WRAL-TV that the girl recently received the shot, but was given the was called by the doctor's office who told her that we made a mistake when they gave the girl the vaccine. Quote, we gave her a double, a double dose instead of a single dose, she said. The woman did not say what brand of the vaccine was given to her daughter, although the FDA has approved the mRNA shots made by Pfizer and Moderna for kids. Truly Orwellian. Like truly Orwellian to where like you're, oh my God, like you're, like imagine, imagine this, put yourself in that parent's shoes. You're picking your kid up from school and they say, Hey, we have to have a chat. You're like, Oh, shucks. You know, what did she do today? And then they inform you that they messed up and gave her a double dose of vaccines. And so then immediately you begin to see problems. That school's not going to pay, pay for anything with that daughter. Like if anything happens to that child, she begins to display pericarditis, myocarditis, or any type of issues that school is not going to pay for Jack Diddley. And the fact still, too, that we're administering more and more of these vaccines to kids after we're hearing about heart attacks, cardiac arrest, death, and more. We're, we're, we're just still doing it. We're just still doing it. Uh, moving forward, CNN finally admits that COVID-19 vaccines can increase stroke risks and adults, I wonder if there's a clip. A good Listen to the Dr. McCullough clip at the end of this. This is from, uh, let's see, Zoe Sky of Natural News. They put this up November 6th. It says, at the height of the pandemic, Big Pharma and mainstream media reassured the public that Wuhan coronavirus vaccines and booster shots were safe. However, many people eventually got sick or died even after getting vaccinated, with many cases caused by the vaccines themselves. Now... Mainstream media is finally admitting what the public has known for a long time, that mRNA gene therapies are, are toxic, dangerous, and ineffective. CNN recently published an article saying that COVID-19 vaccines increase stroke risks in older adults, especially when they're administered with the flu shot. Oh, my God. And here it is. I wonder if there's a link to it. There's a tweet. There's a tweet right here. Yep, there's an article right there. COVID shots may slightly increase the risk of stroke in older in older adults, particularly when administered with certain flu vaccines. By Brenda Goodman of CNN, they put this up October 26th. So this is a good thing. For if anything, that we we have this article pulled up for historical purposes to say that CNN at least tried to, you know, save lives, at least tried to notify people of the truth. They go back and they could update it. They could change it. They could remove this article. Everything that we say here could be considered misinformation in the future, but 
here it is. And I'm at least trying to, you know, say some truth. And this is what we talked about. That when compared, or at least when combined with the flu shot, the COVID shot increased strokes. And then all of a sudden you got the CDC saying that huh, we don't know why strokes are contagious. Kid you not, we talked about it just last week. And so this is the upside down clown world that we live in to where we get genuinely happy when these so-called mainstream media news outlets speak an ounce of truth, just not even an ounce, like a little, a gram, a milli, like, you know, like a, like a, a pound, a, not even that, a gram of truth that yes, the water is wet, sky is blue. COVID shots may slightly increase stroke in older adults, particularly when administered with certain flu vaccines. That yes, you should not be doing these things. You should not be experimenting on the population. And so that's where we are now. We get happy when organizations like CNN actually tell the truth. Dr. Zelenko says that zinc is the bullet. It kills the virus. The only problem is the bullet doesn't get to the place where it needs to be. Let's see if we can four minute long clip. Can we increase the place the play speed? Yeah, we'll we'll increase the place the playback speed. In the early days of COVID, Dr. Vladimir Zelensky, Vladimir Zelenko became a hero for using hydroxychloroquine to save his patients until his efforts were halted by a Democratic or Democrat governor. But Zelenko did not let politicians stop him from helping the vulnerable. He kept working and found legal over-the-counter ways to get patients what they need. He called it a gift from God in response to tyranny. In combination with quercetin, zinc, and vitamins, with it, he created what widely became called the Z-Stack. We actually have some of that in our cupboard. We've got some Z-Stack saved up because of this. Um, watch Dr. Zelenko explain the bullet and the gun approach for understanding zinc and ionophores. Zinc is the bullet. It kills virus. The only problem is the bullet doesn't get to the place where it needs to be. The virus is inside the cell. The enzyme is inside the cell. And the zinc on its own cannot get into the cell. So you have a, you have a bullet without a gun. Useless. Now, it turns out that there is a class of medications called zinc ionophores, or a class of substances called zinc ionophores. And their role, what they do is they open a channel, a door, that allows for zinc to go from outside the cell to inside the cell. And there are four, four of them that are readily available. Two of them are prescription, and two of them are over-the-counter. The two prescription ones everyone's heard of, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. They're the guns that shoot the bullet. The bullet then gets into the cell, stops the virus enzyme from helping the virus replicate. So you have a gun and a bullet, only a functioning unit. The synergy of the two creates a functioning unit. So in April of last year, Cuomo issued an executive order, which was directly targeting me and my patients, because I was the only one in the state doing it, where pharmacies would not dispense hydroxychloroquine to patients. So all of a sudden, I had a gun and a bullet approach, but talk about gun control, he took away the zinc delivery system. At least he took away access to my patients. So I was forced by necessity to innovate. And, uh, and I, I did more research and on the, on the NIH servers, both places, I found papers saying that a substance called quercetin is a zinc delivery system as well. It's a zinc ionophore. To be honest, I've never heard of quercetin. So I Google it and I see it's over the counter. That was one of the most significant realizations 
in my life and probably in humanity. Why do I say that? Because now it was a cure for tyranny. Now, the two, by the way, the two risk factors for dying from COVID. It's the doctor you choose and the government you live under. Besides that, there's no reason a person should die from COVID. So now you don't need a doctor and you don't need permission from the government. You can go to a pharmacy or you can go to a supermarket and buy an over-the-counter option of quercetin together with zinc and vitamin C and vitamin D. And together it creates a very powerful uh, immune boosting nutritional supplement. According to the FDA, I'm not allowed to make any claims except that it's an immune booster and nutritional supplement. So what I'm going to say is the following. Quercetin and vitamin C together form a functioning zinc ionophore, zinc delivery system. Zinc is what it delivers, so you actually need zinc as well. You need the gun and the bullet. And vitamin D, the studies all show the vitamin D3 levels between um, 50 and 70 virtually eliminate hospitalizations or, or admissions in the intensive care units. It optimizes the immune system. So it's not a COVID treatment, vitamin D. It's a general uh, immune health, life health preventive strategy. So you need vitamin D. Then you need zinc, which is the bullet. And then to form a functioning gun, you need vitamin C and quercetin. And I open sourced all that information. I let it out there. I needed people to know about it. I wasn't looking to monetize anything. And the interesting thing happened was I got two complaints. Patients were having trouble sourcing it because it was four different ingredients that were not always available in the same place. They had trouble finding the right doses. It was a puzzle that was a little too complex for people to put together. So I was asked as a, as a necessity, as a favor to people to produce something that has everything in, in one, one package. And it made sense to me. So with the help of my colleagues, we were able to produce a substance, a compound called Z-Stack, which basically has vitamin C, vitamin D, and most importantly, has quercetin and zinc. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, all I'm allowed to say is that it's an immune booster and nutritional supplement, which it is. Appreciate you, Doc. Appreciate you. This is a... Uh... Like I said, I've got a Z-Stack on my, my cabinet right now, man. I, I gave it out to people, too. You know, I like living. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't like listening to tyranny. I like people that are speaking my language. Here's Dr. Robert Malone. He says he has a stern warning to parents with children. Let's listen. Before you inject your child, a decision that is irreversible... I wanted to let you know the scientific facts about this genetic vaccine, which is based on the mRNA vaccine technology I created. There are three key issues that parents need to understand. The first is that a viral gene will be injected into your children's cells. This gene forces your child's body to make toxic spike proteins. These proteins can cause permanent damage in children's critical organs, including their brain and nervous system, their heart and blood vessels, including blood clots, their reproductive system, and this vaccine can trigger fundamental changes to their immune system. The most alarming part about this is that these damages, once they occur, are irreparable. You can't fix lesions within their brains. You can't repair heart tissue scarring. You can't repair a genetically reset immune system. And this vaccine can cause reproductive damage that could affect future generations of your family. The second thing that you need to know about this 
is the fact that this novel technology has not been adequately tested. We typically need at least five years of testing and research before we can really understand the risks of new medicines or vaccines. Harms and risks from new medicines often become revealed many years later. So ask yourself, if you want your own child to be part of the most radical medical experiment in human history. One final point. The reason they're giving you to vaccinate your child is a lie. Your children represent no danger to their parents or grandparents. It's actually the opposite. Their immunity after getting COVID is critical to save your family, if not the world, from this disease. In summary, there is no benefit for There's no benefit to doing it, Doc. You are absolutely 1,000% correct, but there is profit. And that's all they need. That's the incentive they need. They don't need there to be a reason, but if there is somebody that stands to benefit K Bono, they're going to do it. Yeah. So if you haven't caught the message, don't vaccinate your child with this dangerous poison. Top cardiologist blows whistle, says the mRNA jabs are causing millions to have heart attacks. An article by Sean over there, the People's Voice, they put this up November 7th, says one of the world's leading cardiologists has blown the whistle on COVID vaccines, warning that warning the public that millions of mRNA recipients are suffering heart attacks as a result of getting the drug, of getting the jab. Quote, we're seeing a disturbing continued trend of cardiac arrests in people who have taken the vaccine, top cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough revealed to America Real, Real America's Voice Friday. Quote, now we have data from Nakahara in a human cardiac PET study showing that the positron emission tomography scans of the heart change in almost everybody who took in the shot, at least for six months or longer, where the heart's metabolism changes. Where's, where's, where's Dr. McCullough saying this? So I don't sound like a total jabroni uh, trying to copy him. But again, this is why people are, are suffering strokes as they're getting their booster shots in these COVID vaccines, because they already have heart damage from the first shot and when they're round tripping it again and doubling down, it's almost too much. Let's see if we can. So, uh, and you did you did tell me on an earlier show the Rangers were going to win the World Series. Outbreak, and this could be it, was very diverse. It didn't have a hyper-dominant strain. The vaccines were completely irrelevant since they were uh, targeted towards XBB 1.5. As of October 4th, there was only 1.3% of Americans who have taken the the boosters, uh, multiple states are outlawing mandates uh, for any type of vaccines. College mandates are down to a very small number. So we're past that. The other big update though, is that we're seeing a disturbing continued trend of cardiac arrests and people have taken the vaccine. Now we have data from Nakahara in a cardiac human cardiac PET study showing that positron emission tomography scans of the heart change in almost everybody who took the shot at least for six months or longer, where the heart's metabolism changes. This is a bit uh, disturbing. We don't know what the implications of it are. Uh, Crossan from Harvard has showed messenger RNA stuck in the heart now and people that have died. And then finally, uh, a, a, a Schreckener from Germany has shown that uh, the Pfizer and Moderna are directly toxic to heart, to heart muscle cells. 
So we have a lot of information suggesting these are no good for the heart. They should be off the market completely. Yeah, Dr. McCullough, just a week ago, we had the, uh, the uh, health minister of Canada advocating for another uh, vaccine, same, same kind, same strain for uh, infants six months and older and demanding that everybody in Canada have this when they've got access to the same information that you have. So you look at this, you know they've got this information, yet they're pushing it anyway. And Canada is always the baiting case for what Biden does. They're pushing it anyway uh, on infants, which is absolutely insane. Is this just a is just is this just a plot here for government authorities to take over the entire healthcare system? I mean, what what is driving what Canada did, having the information that you just outlined? It does look like it's a worldwide plot. You know, every single country is still recommending these vaccines. None of them have actually taken them off the market. They're, they're completely unsafe and ineffective. I can't recommend them or have my patients take them in practice, but not a single government will back down. I even had a call with the NBA uh, recently and, you know, just just some advice. And, and uh, they said, listen, we never mandated it. Uh, I said, well, why don't you stop recommending it? Uh, but no one will even stop recommending it. They feel as if this uh, worldwide cabal, this vaccine syndicate, what we call the biopharmaceutical complex, is so powerful and influences life in so many different aspects that uh, people feel absolutely afraid to just step up and say, drop these vaccines. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's too much money involved, Doc. There's way too much money involved for them to stop now. That's why they're going to try to extract as much liquidity from everybody as they can before they, they, they pull the plug, right? That's why they're softening up people to potentially take another shot, right? They're going to try to extract as much liquidity from people before they die. A patient cured is a customer lost. Remember that. Remember that. Here is RFK saying that vaccines are causing an unbelievable increase and heart attacks. The death rates from this vaccine are, there's been more deaths in eight months than in all the billions of vaccines combined over the last 30 years. From this one vaccine, 17,000 recorded deaths in the United States, and we know the death rate much, much higher than that. Probably 40 times the best math, the best you know studies are showing that it's 40 times that. Oh, um, you know, the risks from the vaccine are uh, they're completely untenable. If people knew the truth, they would not be taking this vaccine. And then the benefits of the vaccine are apparently zero or even sub-zero after six months. Uh, the British data is showing that the people who are vaccinated are actually more likely in many age categories to, uh, to get COVID than people who are unvaccinated. So, which, by the way, was predicted. Now, we know that Pfizer knew this was going to happen because in their clinical trial that were among, in a six-month clinical trial, it was only six months. At the end of that people period, 20 people died in the vaccine group and only 14 in the placebo group of all-cause mortality. The, there were five heart attacks in the vaccine group and only one in the placebo group. So your chance of dying of a heart attack from that vaccine, according to their own studies, 
is 500% greater than if you're unvaccinated. So they knew we were gonna kill a lot of people and they did it anyway. And people need to be able to see those studies and, um, and understand the deception, this you know, criminal deception that has uh, been imposed upon them. Top insurance executives are alarmed by the sudden surge in deaths among jab people. An article from the People's Voice, they put this up November 8th, says executives of the largest insurance companies in the United States say they are alarmed at the sudden surge in deaths among fully jabbed young people. According to an October 26th report in Insurance News Net, U.S. insurance executives are worried about the crippling payouts they are being forced to make due to the unprecedented number of young, healthy adults dropping dead following the jab rollout. ExposeNews.com reports that insurers saw death benefits rise 15.4% in 2020, the biggest one-year increase since the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, followed by a record of $128 billion, nearly double the historic norm in total death benefits paid out by the industry in January of 2020, in, in, in 2021. Quote, the numbers were naturally forecasted to climb during the pandemic, but some industry and health authorities are concerned that the rates haven't greatly diminished as COVID infection rates have declined. Insurance News Net reports. According to Insurance News Net, insurers are especially concerned by the data from the CDC that shows, quote, mortality rates are mortality rates alarmingly rising for different categories, including younger adult mortality rates that are up more than 20 percent above historic norms in 2023. CDC numbers reported in August suggest that the death rate for Americans aged 15 to 45 rose 20 to 24 percent above the norm in 2020 and roared and soared in 2021 to a nearly 30% increase for 15-year-olds and a more than 45% increase for 45-year-olds. More troubling to insurers, CDC data reported in August showed that Americans in the period of January through May of 2023 were still dying at an abnormally high rate with the pandemic long over. Mortality rates were 25% higher than the normal among 15 to 19 year olds and 20% higher among 45 year olds considered in the prime of life. Even 20 somethings were dying at a rate nearly 15% above normal and 13, 30 somethings at a pace of 20% higher than usual, the CDC data shows. Samantha Chow, a global leader for life annuity benefits sector at Capgemini, Capgemini, a large multinational Paris-based consulting company told Insurance News that, quote, the surge in excess death caught carriers off guard and the issue demands urgent attention by the industry. The issue is, quote, can the industry, can the industry handle such a, sp- a sudden spike in claims, she added. Quote, the real concern for life insurers lie in preparing for an unexpected wave of death claims and the impact of their assets under the management. Quote, do they have enough res- reserves to weather those outflows given the excess death? It's not just about death or health. Chow said, quote, it's about the industry's ability and readiness, the industry's ability and readiness to manage this monumental overflow. Monumental overflow. The excess deaths and the, and the record drag on the insurance company revenue and the predictive chaos and actuarial tables they represent alarm the Society of Actuaries, the world's largest professional actuary, actuarial organization. Excess mortality is defined as excess deaths in a given population 
and the time period above the expected number. The SOA has conducted ongoing research since 2021 to gather, quote, a high level of U.S. group term life insurance mortality results during the COVID-19 pandemic. Compared to prior baseline results, the SOA Research Institute studied more than 2.7 million claims and over $120 billion in earned premiums reported by 20 of the 20 of the top 21 U.S. group term life insurers in the U.S., representing approximately 90% of the employer-based group term life insurance industry. Goes on to say that in August of 2020 poll in an August 2020 poll among more than 30,000 members worldwide, the SOA found that 85% of the members thought excess mortality rates would continue to would continue to 2025. In August this year, the same poll found that 79 believed excess mortality rates will continue to climb through 2026. Life insurance executives and actuaries told Insurance News Net that quote, the numbers are alarming and could continue to drag earnings and surge death claims for years to come. So what's what's crazy is we're hearing in a weird way that even insurance executives are alarmed and stunned by just how many people are dying and how fast they're dying. And it, and, and what's weird is these this anecdotal evidence is almost more important than the direct evidence that the vaccines are killing people. It's almost better to get this kind of anecdotal evidence from insurance executives rather than, you know, actual testimony and stuff like this. Like it's, it's just crazy. Basically, how, how do you want us to explain that we are dying from people logging on to social media from, you know, I, I, I read earlier this week, there are some funeral homes that have kept bodies for the past two years because of the stuff that's going down. And so it's just an absolute shame what's happening. COVID-19 lockdowns contributed to the collective trauma among Americans. An article by Tom Ozimek from the Epoch Times, who put this up November 8th. And before I even get into this, you guys already know what this is. Remember what what was that world concert they had with like Lady Gaga and all those other like talking heads? It's like one world all all together or some communist globalist crap like that. Do you guys remember? Like, do you remember what that was? And I talked about that during that time frame, and and, and subsequently everything that happened afterwards. How they locked us down. They they launched race riots. We had the George Floyd riots as we're literally being locked down. Uh, being told that there's a, a, a bioweapon loose on the nation. The collective trauma that this article is speaking on is, is, is the trauma-based mind control that we went under and how there are still people who are under that trauma-based mind control. You see them wearing masks. You see them going along. You see them getting even more deranged and even more radicalized, so to speak, I think this is morally, this is mostly just for the headlines because you guys are already well aware of this. We've talked about this in the past and how it, it, it has broken people. People are traumatized. They're not thinking well. They're vaxxed, waxed, wearing slacks, if you know what I mean. And I think this actually might be the final article for this segment. Demand for unvaxxed sperm sores. Women looking for donors who refuse the experimental COVID jab. This comes from Valiant News. They put this up November 7th. Media denies COVID jabs affect fertility, but German study from 2022 found that, quote, 
there was a strong association between the onset of vaccination programs and the fertility decline nine months after. This is by uh, Jamie White and Igor Chidov. It says that hopeful mothers are increasingly on the hunt for sperm donors who refuse to take the experimental mRNA COVID vaccine, according to reports. Jonathan David Rinaldi, dubbed the Sperminator, was a prolific donor for years on the Facebook group Sperm Donation USA, the largest sperm donation group in America. But Rinaldi claimed he saw a, quote, massive increase in the demand for sperm from the unvaccinated donors during the rollout of COVID jabs in 2021, amid the pandemic, and so broke off from the group to start his own sperm donation group that exclusively caters to the anti-COVID vax movement. And so, uh, audio listeners, you guys can't see this, but we're 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 showing you Facebook posts, Facebook posts, where they're asking, are there any donors in the Alabama or surrounding area, non-COVID shot? They're looking for STD free and blue eyes, AI method only. And one person said, I'm in East Tennessee. We got other posts up here with 34 likes saying we're looking for unvaccinated donors only. Rinaldi said he doesn't trust the safety or the efficacy of the experimental mRNA COVID COVID jab given its unknown long-term side effects on fertility. Quote, I don't trust big government, big pharma. I don't trust them. And I don't need to inject myself with things I don't even know what it is. Rinaldi told the the Daily Mail, quote, when I had my first child, I started reading the inserts and the ingredients. And when the school started saying my son had to have them, I really don't like being told what to do by the government. So it made me think to do the opposite. I've had no flu shots, no COVID shots, nothing since I was a baby, he continued, adding his, quote, best friend growing up was not vaccinated at all. He is totally fun and healthy. Video obtained by Daily Mail shows a donor offering unvaccinated sperm for $3,500 a load. And audio listeners, again, you guys can't see that, but the clip is playing. Uh, area code 763. Look, look, you know, if you're out there, you're... Yeah. I, li- I talk with my wife. We can't do it, okay? We might Listen, we might be able to save the human race, but we won't save it that way, right? I know God said go forward and be multiple and go be fruitful and multiply. Can't do it. Wish I could. But you see, I've had this talk. My daughter could be the first of many. She could lead the next generation. <laughs> I'm kidding, but not really. Let me continue on with the article. It says posts from the Sperm Donation USA Facebook group in 2021 show women seeking out unvaccinated donors for artificial insemination. Rinaldi said in a, quote, perfect world, he'd only donate sperm to women who themselves have not received the COVID shot. Quote, but the reality of it is nobody lives, nobody believes in that. Not everybody's educated, he said. I would love it if no one got vaccinated. He explained he told a woman who received two shots that he would not donate his sperm to her if she took the booster shot. Quote, and I was like, listen, if you get the booster, I'm not doing this for you. Like, it's bad enough. You have two of them, he recalled. The Daily Mail cited Dr. Lenny Lenny Wilson, chair of obstetrics and gynecology at Avalon University School of Medicine in Youngstown, Ohio, to argue that there's no evidence that COVID jab affects fertility. Quote, there is absolutely no reason to be worried about the fertility with the COVID-19 vaccine, said Dr. Wilson, emphasizing that vaccines do not cause fertility and that they do not affect fertility one way or the other. But several other studies contradict the claim that the COVID jab doesn't negatively affect fertility. 
a German study found Germany saw a 14% decline in fertility and Sweden saw a 10% drop between 2021 and 2022. And it goes on and talks more about that. But this is something you guys are already familiar with. When we're saying the word pure blood, that's not that's not sensationalism. That's not us trolling. That's not us making jokes. That's us saying you are pure blooded. And when I say that my daughter is a mixed race, pure blooded baby, that is a very true statement. This is something we've been seeing come for a while now. This isn't an anomalous event. This isn't this isn't this didn't just happen. We know what this is. That's why this is a multi-generational assault on humanity. And people can't comprehend that. They can't think about what just happened to them. They're not going to be ready for what comes next. But here, speaking of what comes next, here's what's going to happen next. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the open invasion that's taking place. You guessed it. Even more craziness down there at the southern border. Uh, Mega death. The DOD announcing pursuit of a modern nuclear gravity bomb with 24 times the power of World War II bombs. Uh, groups of military-age men basically being escorted into America, uh, human smugglers carrying multiple illegal aliens, causing traffic wrecks and fleeing from police. We're also going to be talking about how a U.S. general is saying that there will not be a 2024 election. The open invasion and more is on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Understand what's going on around you. You are in a state of war, and you have precious little time to save yourself. It's a slow process, which we call active measures. The first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis with a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. time bomb is ticking with every second the disaster is coming closer and closer the danger is real 
Since our last meeting, we've made tremendous progress. And I'd like to say that most of the credit goes to our extremely efficient International Research and Development Committee. I would like to thank each and every one of you for your hard work and dedication to our cause. In reviewing this year's progress, let me say that we have been highly effective in conditioning the people's minds to accept our solution to the world's problems. The energy crisis here in the United States was exceptionally successful worldwide, and we expect similar success with our upcoming food shortage. Our labor leaders have made great progress by causing confusion and work stoppages in all areas of the world. Financially, the dollar is being devalued even faster than we could have hoped. Politically, the public has lost total confidence in any form of government. The threat of universal war is a daily possibility. As you know, we ourselves do not need to hold any visible office of leadership. As a matter of fact, it's better that we do not. If we control the finances, news media, food, transportation, energy, we control everything. It is important that you, as world leaders, keep our program before your countrymen. With our World Bank and computer program operational, we now have the capacity to control the financial affairs of every human being on Earth by giving each person his own computer number. Anytime his number is used, we would know his financial situation at once. He could not buy or sell anything without his computer number. It will simplify their lifestyles tremendously. The end result will be a one-world monetary and government system that we alone will control. The young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of this government, are actually young noble leaders of the world. We penetrate the cabinets. The change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare? Take the necessary action to create a fairer world. I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner. And it is the climate crisis. The UN General Assembly adopted a political declaration on pandemic prevention, preparedness and response, underscoring their commitment to meet shared threats with a shared response. The COVID-19 pandemic appended lives and livelihoods, disrupting societies and economies, and exposed and exacerbated political fault lines within and between nations. It eroded trust between people, governments, and institutions, fueled by a torrent of mis- and disinformation. And it laid bare the searing inequalities of our world, with the poorest and most vulnerable communities the hardest hit. The next pandemic is not a question of if, but of when. And we cannot afford to repeat the same mistake of the past. That's why 
WHO's member states are negotiating a new pandemic accord and amendments to the international health regulations to strengthen the legal framework for the global response to pandemics. And we can't stop there. We must follow through with national ratification and accountable implementation. For the sake of future generations, we must not go back to the old cycle of panic and neglect that left our world vulnerable. We are stronger together. There you have it. There was your Marxist World Economic or World Health Organization leader, Tedros Ghebreyesus, sleazily calling for a Go ahead and get, get that down. Remove that. Don't know what's going on there. There is a uh, Tedros Cabrasius sleazily calling for a one-world government under the guise of the next pandemic. Yeah. So just because they've got it not in the news because we're supposed to care about Israel and Palestine, Hamas, Hezbollah, and everything else right now, doesn't mean they're not gearing up for that next. That's the sucker punch that's coming up. You can you can bet your bottom dollar. Uh, and speaking of your bottom dollar, let me go ahead and pull this up for you guys. Check this out right here. U.S. general admits global elite are planning a global financial crash. There will be no 2024 election. An article by Baxter Dimitri of the People's Voice, they put this up November 7th. It says that a U.S. military official has blown the whistle on how banks across America are about to close down and the 2024 presidential election is going to be canceled. Let's see if I can go ahead and find this clip. Uh, and you guys can you guys can go back and listen to previous transmissions where I've said that that that's the case. I don't think we'll have. I do not think that we will have a election. I've, I've been on record saying that. I think that they'll take us to war before that takes place, cementing this corrupt regime in office, and then from there on, it's 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 game on. But let's play this quick clip and then we'll continue on from there. The 2024 election. I think things are going to implode in Washington before then. I think our economic financial condition is fragile. It's going to come home to roost in ugly ways. I will tell you, I don't know exactly how it will happen. I think we're going to end up in a situation where we find out the banks are closed for two or three weeks and nobody can get into them. You think so? I think we're going to run into something like that. Yeah. I also think that the levels of violence and criminality in our cities is so high that it, it's going to spill over into other places in society. P people that normally think they can live remote from the problem are now beginning to be touched by the problem. Then I look at this thing in Ukraine. I think Ukraine is going to lose catastrophically. It's going to be a complete collapse. And that, too, is going to have an effect here at home because people are going to say, well, wait a minute. Everybody told us Ukraine was winning. Everybody told us X, Y, and Z. I mean, sort of the, the Russian hoax on steroids. All of those things are going to come together or converge in some way that's going to prevent us from reaching, you know, the status quo, oh, another election, oh, another set of campaigns, and so forth. What we are seeing is a push towards global government that is being camouflaged and cloaked in humanitarianism, multiculturalism, as well as manufactured globalist wars and manufactured threats such as global warming and pandemics to condition the public into accepting a one world government. For this to work. I agree. I agree, Sean. I, I would let you go on, brother, but you know, it's, it is our show. It is our show.
Let's jump into that article and read a little bit more and break it down. It says that this is, uh, according to Colonel Douglas McGregor, the public need to know that there will soon be a, quote, sudden closure of all major banks in the U.S. orchestrated by the elite, which will last for up to three weeks. Colonel McGregor also revealed that the 2024 election will be canceled due to martial law being imposed by the Biden administration. The elite have got their ducks in a row, and they are ready to unleash hell on ordinary people to further their dystopian globalist agenda. Let me see a little bit more. It says that what we are seeing is a push towards global government that is being camouflaged and clothed in humanitarianism, multiculturalism, as well as a manufactured globalist wars and manufactured threats such as global warming and pandemic to condition the public into accepting a one world government. For this to occur, the elite are planning to create a global financial crisis, the likes of which this world has never seen. Out of the ashes of this financial crisis will rise the phoenix of a new international economic order. The public will be told that the new order is the only way to stabilize the world economy and save what little remains of their wealth. And if we learned anything from the manufactured crisis that was the COVID pandemic, then the mainstream masses are likely to fall for the deception hook, line, and sinker. The elite have been consolidating their wealth to protect it for centuries. The process of consolidation has accelerated dramatically in recent years with the global financial crisis in 2008 and the COVID pandemic allowing the elite to get richer while the rest of us were made poor. When the world financial system finally crashes, the elite will be positioned to buy what's left for pennies on the dollar. Where does this leave the rest of us in the world financially? The answer is in bondage to a techno-communist world governmental system led by the World Economic Forum in Davos and the hidden hands that control the public from the face of that cabal. Everybody's beginning to see it. Everybody's beginning to see the chaos. But this is a massive thing. This is a massive thing saying that there will not be a 2024 election. And we keep hearing this talk, this, this thought process come through that there won't be an election. We're going to be dealing with so much crazy stuff that we won't have time for it. That, that, that they'll shut it down, that you'll have a situation just like this approaching the end of the term, where Zelensky cancels the next election saying it's not the right time. I can foresee Joe Biden enacting the War Powers Act saying we are going to war with X, Y, and Z. We are not having an election. This comes from Jonathan Jones, the Western Journal that put this up November 7th over there at Gateway Pundit. It says Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, who is up for re-election in the spring, announced on Monday that he has suspended his country's 2024 election. Zelensky said in a speech to his country's citizens that due to its ongoing war against Russia, it is, quote, not the right time for elections. While he had previously not ruled out the possibility of an election in March, The Hill reported, Monday he called for Ukrainian citizens to support him. To wrap up his video address to, this, to his country, he said, quote, and finally, the waves of any political divisive things must stop. We must realize that now is the time for defense, the time of the battle that determines the fate of the state and people, not the time of manipulations, which only Russia expects from Ukraine. I believe that now is not the right time for elections. And finally, the waves of any politically divisive things must stop. We must realize that now is the time of defense, the time of the battle that determines the fate of the state and people, not the time of manipulations, which only Russia expects from Ukraine. I believe that now is not the right time for elections. And if we need to put an end to a political dispute and continue to work in unity, 
there are structures in the state that are capable of putting an end to it and giving society all the necessary answers so that there is no room left for conflicts in someone else's game against Ukraine. My personal attitude and call is to take care of our country, just as on February 24th, to defend it, to destroy the occupier, to fight for the freedom of Ukraine, which is now being gained in the battles for Ukraine. I thank everyone who helps. Glory to all those who are fighting and working for Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. I'm not having an election. Glory to Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. We're all Nazis. Hail Hitler. Praise Joe Biden. This is insane. Fellow Ukrainians. This is I what you will see. This is what you will see here in America. Doesn't matter the reason. The specifics really don't matter, honestly. It really doesn't. We know that this is the writing on the wall. He'll come up with some kind of cockamimi reason as to why he's got to shut down elections because he's the most popular president in the U.S. Why? Everybody trust him. Come on, man. This is Joe Biden. He's, of course he got elected. He'll come up with a cockamimi reason. We'll, we won't have elections. We won't be able to get him out. They'll lock in this administration and select people. And just like that, our democracy will have been subverted. It will have been taken over by globalists. I forget who said it during this, this transmission, but when they talked about uh, uh, Zelensky being like the beta Biden, like the trial version of Biden, that's that's what they're doing. They're test playing this out there in Ukraine to see how the Ukrainians react and to see how Americans who are supporting Ukraine react because the same thing is going to happen over here. They're going to shut down the elections. They're not going to let it happen. They're not. Look at this. U.S. Army propaganda shift from woke to all-white male recruitment ads fuels speculation of impending war. The Army appears to pull the plug on woke recruitment as it realizes it may soon need real soldiers who can actually fight. An article by, about, by Don Salazar of Infowars, they put this up November 8th, it says that social media users observed a notable shift in recruitment propaganda from the U.S. Army this week, transitioning from promoting diversity and gender inclusion to highlighting determined white soldiers preparing for combat. Stand up! Sentimental. Shift is in, the shift in recruitment propaganda away from woke advertising has left many with the impression of the U.S. preparing to go to war, perhaps engaging in skirmishes between Israel and Palestine or the Ukraine-Russia war. Quote, the U.S. Army's latest ad is based around a white man, which is an ominous sign. Summarized popular X account, Way of the World. Quote, they do not turn to diversity when they need a war to be fought. Interesting. And so you just have all the classic accounts commenting on the, what, what they're seeing. What they're seeing. Are we going to war? You know, just last week we played various clips of Gen Z talking about their mental illness, talking about how they're physically, mentally, emotionally unfit to literally hold a gun, let alone defend themselves or the nation. You know, and this, this, this is lifetime. This is lifetime. I'm talking to people every day about the draft. 
talking about the draft. I'm talking about, you know, what this looks like, this decentralized operation, decentralized warfare, resistance to this, this, this system. War is on people's minds. And I don't, and that's what I'm saying. I don't, the, the specifics really don't matter. Re- they really don't. Did, did blue team hit red team a little too hard? It's still the same thing. You're still fighting. It's still red team versus blue team. When you realize you're all a part of the same Crayola set and you attack a piece of paper and you create a masterpiece, then come talk to me. But if we're still talking about how red team beat, beat up blue team and how blue team sucker, t- sucker punch red team, this is, this is a tale as old as time itself. So the specifics don't, don't really matter. You, you get me? It's the overarching point that's the, 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 that really does matter. They're going to take us to war. They're going to try to feed as many different people into this war machine as they can, whether they be white people, whether they be gender inclusive, whether they be foreigners. This is, because it's not going to be a regional conflict. It won't just be like America against like these people, Ukraine, Russia. Hell no. It's gonna. It's going to spill over, and that's what they want. They want a global war, so they have all the more reason to roll out the white hats or the blue helmets, the UN peacekeepers. That individually, you nations cannot determine what is best for you. The same way we're hearing right now in our own country, to where we just have to abdicate our authority over to a supranational entity, just like that, just like that. But it's going to require the sacrificing of of these young kids, of children, the same way we're reading about nine-year-olds all the way up to 15-year-old kids having heart attacks and dying. They're going to sacrifice these kids for this war. And it is a darn shame. It is an absolute shame. There's, they're, they're sacrificing good and decent people while importing some of the absolute worst. Look at this. Horror. Horror. Human smuggler carrying multiple illegal aliens causes terrifying wreck while fleeing police in rural poli- rural Texas town. Kills two innocent Americans and six others, including himself. Eight people dead. Eight people dead. Fox News' Bill McGuinn revealed today that two innocent Americans were killed after a human smuggler carrying hordes of illegals in his 18-wheeler crashed into a SUV while fleeing from the Zavala County Sheriff's Office. The incident occurred in Batesville, Texas, along U.S. Highway 57. In addition to the two Americans, everyone else died, including the smuggler. Batesville is roughly 50 miles from the U.S.-Mexico border. And I know you get listeners, you guys can't see it, but sure enough, you know, it looks like they ran into a charger. And it's just shattered, just destroyed, absolutely destroyed. It says that a fiery explosion also occurred, as one can see in the featured image. The Daily Mail confirmed the early morning crash happened around 8 a.m. local time and that the pair of innocent Americans were from Georgia. Authorities also confirmed that the smuggler hailed from Honduras and along with several of the deceased. Lieutenant Chris Olivares from the Texas Department of Public Safety released this following statement explaining what happened and noted that this is an ongoing investigation. Yeah. I don't think that, uh, I don't think this, again, I don't think this is an isolated event. I think there's, there's probably more of these things, but we just never hear about them. We never hear about them. 
uh, protesters take over and shut down Chicago City Council meeting regarding sanctuary city status. An article by Candace Hathaway of the Blaze Media, they put this up November 8th. One of the things I want to I want to jump on before talking about this, like, but are, are, you know, are they in favor of the sanctuary status? Are they against it? You know, by shutting it down, does this create like incompetence by default? So they just go ahead and proceed with the, the easiest route forward. Let's read. It says residents took over and shut down a, a Chicago City Council meeting Tuesday held to discuss the city's sanctuary status. Hundreds of protesters filled the city hall to voice their opinions about some members' efforts to block a referendum that would allow residents to vote on whether Chicago should remain a sanctuary city. Residents also expressed their frustrations regarding the city's spending millions of taxpayer dollars to provide shelter and other services to immigrants. The city council rules committee quickly lost control of the crowd as, res as residents shouted over the aldermen. Alderman Anthony Biel stated that, quote, we're spending a lot of money every single day. Biel estimated that Chicago spends approximately $40 million per month addressing the migrant crisis. Alderman Anthony Napolitano asked, quote, do you as a resident of the city of Chicago believe that we should remain a city, a sanctuary city? Many of the protesters responded to the Napolitano by shouting, no. Let's see if we can get the clip playing of the protest. First and four, no sanctuary from trouble. There's chaos at City Hall as protesters take over the meeting about Chicago's status as a sanctuary city. Good afternoon, I'm Anthony Ponce. And I'm Natalie Bomke. It is the big story of the day. Explosive outbursts shutting down a council meeting. Tempers are still flaring as we speak this afternoon. Dane Flacco was in the chambers a little earlier, joins us now with the latest on this ongoing debate. Dane. Yeah, guys, this was reminiscent of the council wars back in the 1980s. Hundreds of loud and angry protesters filling the city council gallery forcing aldermen to pull the plug on a public meeting okay let's clear the room sergeant and arms please clear the room clear the room this was a meeting of the city council rules committee which was about to take up debate over a proposal to let chicagoans decide whether chicago should remain a sanctuary city welcoming to migrants by putting that question onto a referendum on next spring's election ballot but the meeting devolved into chaos after hundreds of protesters mostly african americans packed the city council gallery and began shouting down the aldermen they're angry after a special city council meeting on the migrant question was canceled last week when Mayor Brandon Johnson's floor leader, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa, tried to prevent a quorum by discouraging aldermen from entering the chamber, including a confrontation with longtime alderwoman Emma Mitz. Well, after about a half hour, today's meeting was suspended and the crowd cleared. But not before some aldermen blamed the mayor and Sanctuary City supporters of causing the chaos by trying to block the referendum. Do you, as a resident of the city of Chicago, believe that we should remain a sanctuary city? It's a simple question. That's why you're seeing the chaos in this city, because you're trying to silence a voice of certain people that just want to be heard. 
Debate on the Sanctuary City referendum will continue on Thursday when the Rules Committee continues the meeting that was suspended today. Eesh. No word yet on whether any special rules or security will be in place for that meeting. Now, after the gallery was cleared today, the regular City Eesh. Council meeting was held as scheduled and was peaceful. Anthony? Okay, Dane, thank you very much. Now Appreciate you, Dane. Appreciate you, Dane. Like what you're doing over there, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And, and and they're right. You know, residents have every reason to be upset. They they like it's it's no longer like this Republican talking point, a conservative talking point about the migrants at the border. No, like you're they're, they're getting shipped to your front door now. This will directly affect you. This is no longer something that's only at the southern border. They're getting through at the southern border and they're being shipped everywhere else. And that's going to affect your neighborhood, your your school districts, your prices, your culture. This is this is it's, it's, it's forced integration. This is the multicultural agenda that these people are trying to push. This is the immigration invasion. This is what they want. See, look at this. 1,500 illegal aliens just this morning alone crossed into the U.S. through the Tejano Reservation in Arizona. These guys don't give a crap about reservation stuff. They really don't. They have no reason to. Over here in America, where we respect indigenous people and we have a history of, you know, basically not so we have to like respect them um we treat the reservations with respect to these people it's just a it's a plot of land it's a place to get them from point a to point b ben burkwam of real america's voice and the host of law and border continues to go where most reporters dare not tread the media is mostly ignoring the issue while burkwam is faithful to his calling on monday morning alone 1500 legal aliens crossed into the u.s and the san miguel gate on the tohono adam reservation in arizona in regards to the number of crossings, Berkman said, quote, this was after hours of being of them being picked up and shipped to Tucson and a week after over 14,000 legal entries in the Tucson sector. According to Ben, it was a coordinated effort to go to more remote areas to avoid cameras and to prevent U.S. citizens from seeing how bad the border crisis really is. It also provides a distraction so the cartels can push drugs across the border. Looks like there's a clip right here. There you go, Biden. There you go, Mayorkas. Donde son? Ecuador? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Here's a group of military aged men, of Middle Eastern men, heading to the US. Border. Amigos, what country? No, 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 no. What country? No, no. Why? What country? No, no, no. You from Syria? No. Syria. What country are you guys from? Hey, well, why is it a big secret?
They've got their boots on because they're crossing through the river. What's the problem? No. Why not? No. Whoa, what's the problem? You guys from Syria? You guys okay? And they just don't talk to you. It's like that. They like, just don't talk to you. They, they, they go about their business because they're already taking orders. And I want you to think about that as I play this next clip. It's absolutely right. maddening to watch us just continue to. I, I played this on basically. I played this clip. The I played this clip earlier. I found this clip earlier. And immediately my mind started thinking like, you know what? Because we keep hearing this phrase associated with these people. These are military aged men. I'm, I'm thinking to myself looking at these clips, looking at how these guys are just going about business. These are soldiers. These are soldiers. They're already taking orders. They're already taking orders. They just don't have uniforms. As we came to the revelation the other week with, right, migrants own nothing and they, they're very happy, exactly in alignment with the 2030 agenda. Where are you from? Africa? Africa. Where are you going? Columbus, Ohio? Bro, this, this dude look like Dave Chappelle. This dude from Africa talking about he he going to Ohio. This fool look like he from, like he Dave Chappelle cousin. So the, the point I have behind pointing this out by playing this clip, these are already soldiers. These are these are military age men. They probably did not take the vaccine. That are being brought over. They have their orders in their Manila envelope. They literally just don't have uniforms yet. We we found out that they are being armed, right? They are being armed. They are up to stuff. We have no idea what their mission is, though. They are just being told to come here and occupy. Every time you see some of these migrant videos, I want you to think that these are soldiers. They just do not have uniforms yet. They just don't have uniforms. Up to 1,600 illegals arrive in Los Angeles every week. Most of them get here on their own. An article by Zoe Sky from Natural News. They put this up November 6th. It says Los Angeles became a, quote, sanctuary city for illegal immigrants barely five months ago. Now it is slowly being overrun by the migrant crisis caused by President Joe Biden. According to Angelica Salas, Executive Director of the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights of Los Angeles, Carola, between 1,000 and 1,600 people arrive in L.A. every week. In June, the city council voted to make L.A. a, quote, sanctuary city just like New York and Chicago, which are also run by Democrats. Because of this, conservatives in Texas and other frontier states took them at their word by busing illegal aliens to their jurisdictions. But unlike in New York City and Chicago, bust migrants are considered a, quote, minority of the arrivals L.A. is dealing with. According to Salas, the majority of illegals are still those, quote, who come through the California border and who walk here or get here on their own. While the Golden State struggles to deal with the constant arrival of illegal buses, of illegals bust from Florida and Texas, the City of Angels is also having a hard time finding adequate housing for those people. At the same time, Local agencies warn that they will need additional support and resources to meet the demand. CHIRLA said that they that recent batches of illegals are under, quote, increased scrutiny 
because of the influx of people at the southern border and the actions of the Florida and Texas government. As LA clutches at straws because of the flood of illegals, many organizations and entities continue to provide support and resources for them. At least 85 migrant families are staying at the Union Rescue Mission downtown, with an additional 27 families near Compton at Angela's house. So just, you know, more, more numbers for you, honestly. More numbers of how they just come through, get taken care of. If, if, you know, for some reason, when you say this, it's apparently racist or xenophobic. And now, because the narrative is changing, times are getting hard. It's not so it's not so homophobic now. Now you have people willing to literally give up their citizenship to become an illegal because they get all of these benefits. The system is broken. Texas trooper shocked as illegals fall out of stolen clown car during wild pursuit. Bodies fly out of an SUV as it careens off of a highway in South Texas. Since four ounces be past the first three seven two and four spikes are set up at the spur vehicle bailouts showing two seventy seven mile marker five sixty. The crazy thing is, is I watch this, and I think they'll be back. They'll be back. If they got that far, they'll be back. There's a lot of people that just busted out of that vehicle, too. They'll be back. Doors open, and they immediately run right into the forest. And you, you got to think about this. Law enforcement is not Border Patrol. They're not familiar with seeing this type of stuff. They're not familiar with with with. They're not familiar with this, but the fact that they're packing this many people inside of inside of these vehicles just to try to get over here. God only knows what was in the backpack that made this one go back for it. The video that you guys are watching, they put out uh, two days ago, or actually three. Uh, my bad, four days ago, as of the time of recording. Absolutely crazy. Uh, terrorism leads to lockdowns, leads to martial law. Martin Armstrong warns of deep state plan to hold on to the power. An article by Greg Hunter's USAWatchdog.com. They put this up Monday, November 6th. I actually watched this interview two times over. Would highly recommend you guys to watch it. A lot of, lot of great inf information there. Legendary financial and geopolitical psychoanalyst Martin Armstrong began 2023 predicting chaos would be coming around the world. He says that we have a bloody war in Ukraine, a new conflict in is with, with Gaza and Israel, and a wide open U.S. border with FBI predicting huge terror attacks coming to America. Is this the kind of destabilization? A coincidence, or is it a deep state globalist plan? Why are the demonic dark powers taking peace from the earth and forecasting big terror events coming to America? Armstrong contends that, quote, it is very simple, quote, Basically, we are looking at a sovereign def default. Governments are pushed to the limit at this stage. You even had Fed head Jay Powell come out last week saying that the spending is, un is unsustainable. The Biden administration is a complete corrupt, absolute disaster. It's not really Biden. He's just there to sign whatever they stick in front of him. So a debt default will tank the economy and make millions of Americans poor and broke overnight. Poor and broke is how revolutions and civil rest unrest start. 
especially against the government that caused all the problems. Armstrong contends that this is why the southern U.S. border has been wide open for the past three years. The deep state corrupt Biden administration, rhino Republicans included, want terrorists to come to America and commit awful acts of violence and murder. Why? Armstrong explains. You have neocons pushing for war on all possible fronts. Terrorism leads to lockdowns. As soon as you start getting this, what, getting this, they will have to know what everybody is doing and where they are moving. You are looking at papers, please. Lockdowns are coming to America again. Absolutely. This is to prevent civil unrest. So they want the terrorists to blow up some stuff. This gives them the excuse to effectively enforce martial law. This helps the government to hold on to power. Armstrong thinks interest rates and inflation are about to go up for a while. He thinks the U.S. dollar will get stronger because capital will flow to the U.S. in times of crisis and war. Armstrong thinks that Hamas has won the public relations war and is trying to isolate Israel on the world stage. This attack is much deeper than anyone imagines. Armstrong says get tangible assets that include gold or silver as core assets. He also thinks that the global economy will implode, but the U.S. will go down last. Armstrong says that the economy will tank in America, but it will be much worse in blue states like New York, California, and Illinois. And again, I would uh, highly recommend you guys to watch this interview. Unsustainable. Uh, them in the country. All right. It, it's it's crazy. I tell put on a, you know, just go to Mexico and walk through. I mean, it's it's just absurd. But, um, the, I mean, this is what we're looking at. In, in Europe, it, yeah, but what's the reason why? Why are they allowing terrorism? You said in the pre-interview, you had a very important point. And I thought, oh, wow, that makes sense. Why are they, why do they want, because uh, the FBI, uh, Christopher Ray is uh, telegraphing, oh, we're going to have terrorism. Oh, it's going to be over the top. Other terrorism, our, our analysts, uh, military analysts, oh, we're going to have terrorism for 14 months. What's up? Why are they telegraphing, oh, we're having a big terror? Why? Very simple, because we're looking at, um, basically, we're looking at a sovereign uh, default. Governments have been pushed to the limit at this stage. You had even Powell come out um, from the Fed last week, I think it was, and he came out and said this spending is is unsustainable. Um, the, you know, the Biden administration is a complete, absolute corrupt disaster and, and and it's not really biden per se in the sense that he's just um i don't know he's just there to to sign whatever they stick in front of his nose uh you have the neocons who've been pushing for war on every possible front um it's threatening i mean they're idiots uh, and <clears throat> but how does the terrorism where does the terrorism lead it leads to lockdowns. As soon as you start getting that, then they're going, oh, we, we need, we have to know where everybody's doing, where they're moving. You're looking at papers, please. I mean, that's already happening in Europe. Uh, during COVID, you couldn't move from one country to another. You need a permission. Some in, even in Spain, if you lived in a, in a, um, a, a house, Outside of Madrid, you you need permission to go into Madrid. So you're thinking lockdowns are coming to America again? Oh, absolutely. But you know, this is to prevent civil unrest. 
Okay, so they want the terrorists to blow up some stuff to give them the the excuse to be effectively martial law. Um, I mean that's basically what we're what we're doing here. And that I mean this is one of the reports coming out for our conference. Uh, and wow, it's all on martial law. I mean this is this is what's going on. It says it's a tool uh, to save government. Yeah. I mean, look, first of all, anybody that thinks that they really care about you is a fool. All right. Socialism isn't about you. The more socialistic the government gets, the more power it gets. Under laissez-faire, leave me alone, the government has less power. All right. Oh, you know, we, we want to make sure nobody gets sick. So, so we'll, and the more regulations you put on, it's like the ancient, you know, civilization of Byzantium. They became so bureaucratic that the com- it, they, at the end, there were people that even wrote, wrote that there were more tax collectors than there were people that paid taxes. Oh, boy. Uh, um, uh, so, are we going to have a financial collapse? That's the main. That's the main thing. Explain. Uh, What does it look like? Again, I would highly recommend you guys go take some time to go watch this interview. It really is very telling. Uh, Martin Armstrong does a great job breaking down what he he just talked about, how they want these terror attacks to come in. They want, listen, they are already arresting Trump supporters. You've got Hillary Clinton stepping up her rhetoric, calling Trump Trump, Trump a Hitler. They're moving forward with this authoritarian system that they're trying to create. I would highly recommend you guys go give this a look over. It's over there at Zero Hedge. They put it up uh, on November 6th on Monday. Terrorism leads to lockdown, which leads to martial law. And uh, he's, he's right. He's right. Here's Ben Burkwam, the gentleman you guys saw down there at the border, at the border, uh, down there at the border, basically giving a list of cities that are currently being targeted by Hamas. Let's listen. Um, Please pay attention. Please pay attention and make sure that your your city is not listed. to be mindful of, to watch 
against tax against attacks against our infrastructure systems for our water, our electrical grids, taking down our airports. They're trying to shut down our systems to uh, wreak havoc on our daily lives. Appreciate you, Ben. Appreciate you, Ben. Let's 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 analyze that a little bit. Realize too, they've already got this narrative floating around that oh, you know, patriots are going to attack the infrastructure. Patriots are coming after our power supply. Right wing extremists are going to attack the power supply. We need to arrest all these right all these right wing extremists that are coming after our critical U.S. infrastructure. So you, so you see how they've already pre-programmed that when the attacks take place, they'll think that it's patriots or conservatives instead of the actual people who are getting the orders to attack the infrastructure. But do you see how, just like that, the, 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 the terror wa- terrorist watch list, uh, the, the war on terror, right, all of this stuff gets turned on its own people. It gets turned on the, on the domestic population just like that from letting in, like, like Rome falling, the barbarians at the gates from letting the immigrants in through our gates, we've now opened ourselves up to all this chaos. And that's exactly what this system wants. They want to be able to position themselves on top of everything so they can say, hey, papers, please, you look like a terrorist. You're in the database. You're making terroristic threats or you're making anti-governmental statements. You see how this how this tiptoe into authoritarianism is is is, is dangerous. Because there's a hint of truth and there's a lot of lies. Heck yes, we would love for a little bit of security. A little bit of security. Right? But they don't want that. They want overwhelming security that they can can control. That's what they want. They know full well that they're letting in these people who are going to perpetuate these attacks. And they want to be able to, afterwards, like classic, like what the FBI does, affect your rights after the fact. So it's crazy. We see all this stuff unfolding and we're just waiting for them to make their move. We truly are. Uh, Second to last article right here, Israeli plot to nuke Gaza sparks international concern. An Israeli government plan to drop a nuclear bomb in the Gaza Strip has sparked concerns and condemnation worldwide. Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova on Tuesday, warned that the recent threat by Israeli Minister of Heritage Amahai Aliyahu to nuke Gaza raised a multitude of, con- of questions. Quote, it raised a great number of questions. Question number one, does this mean we are hearing an unofficial statement acknowledging Israel's possession of nuclear weapons? Accordingly, the next set of questions that everyone has is, where are the international organizations, including the International Atomic Agency Re- Energy Agency, where are the inspectors? Zakharov said during an interview. ZeroHedge.com reports that estimates of Israel's nuclear stockpile range between 80 to 400 warheads, which can be delivered via aircraft, submarine launch cruise missiles, and the Jericho series of, inter- of intermediate to intercontinental ballistic range missiles. Its first deliverable nuclear war weapon is thought to have been completed in 1966 or early 1967, making it the sixth country in the world to have developed them. Israel has never openly tested its nuclear weapons, nor the sign the, not, the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, making it the world's only unacknowledged atomic power. The country has also never been subjected to an inspection from the UN nuclear watchdog. Asked in an interview with Radio Cole Barama last week whether an atomic bomb should be opened, should be dropped on, on, on Gaza, 
Israeli minister Eliyahu answered, quote, this is one of the possibilities. Eliyahu from the Jewish Supremacy Religious Zionist Party stated further that, quote, there is no such thing as an uninvolved civilians in Gaza and that therefore no humanitarian aid should be allowed into the besieged enclave. He also expressed his support for depopulating Gaza and reconquering it to establish Jewish settlements there. Regarding the Palestinian population, he said, quote, they can go to Ireland or, de or deserts. The monsters in Gaza should find a solution by themselves. Eliyahu added that anyone waving a Palestinian or Hamas flag should continue, shouldn't continue living on the face of the earth. So this is, this is the kind of barbarism that is creeping into our, our daily lives. The democide, the genocide, just the, the depopulation, the anti-human behavior, just wipe out everybody I don't agree with. Wipe it like race-specific bioweapons, just kill them all. Kill them all and let God sort them out. Like think, think about how, how intense that sounds from all of our enemies. And knowing that we have a weak, feckless president that can't even stand up for more than two hours at a time to at least give the image of strength. So, yes, they're going to make statements like this. They're going to make statements like this. And for our final article of this segment and show that shows you, again, just the escalating intensity of this of this war and of this situation, Megadeth, DOD announces pursuit of modern nuclear gravity bomb with 24 times the power of World War II bombs. So while the Israelis are over there thinking about bombing Gaza with a nuclear bomb, we're literally thinking about creating a nuclear a nuclear gravity bomb. I just get this like image of like a black hole being detonated and it's sucking in everything only for it to be burned to a crisp right after. This is intense stuff to be talking about. This is intense stuff for us to be talking about. I come from Los Alamos, where we where they developed the bomb. We're now talking about creating something with 24 times the power of those bombs. We're talking about genocide. We're talking about democide. We're talking about depopulation. These people are nuts. They're, we used to have you know, mutually assured destruction, right? That's why they had the nuclear uh, non-proliferation treaty. So everybody that you know, did develop nuclear weapons agreed not to use them because it would be mutually assured destruction, the mad doctrine, if, if someone did. Because by the time somebody launches one nuke, it's already been war-gamed out. One nuke gets launched, everybody starts launching nukes, and we all we go back to sticks and stones. The face of the world is destroyed. That's why all of this is so dangerous. The saber-rattling, the escalating rhetoric, all of it. Because it's setting up a crazy and chaotic future. So do I see us at war in the next couple of years? You bet you. Do I think we'll be dropping nukes? I don't think so. I think once we once we all get to like a world war stage and stuff starts really popping off and people are, you know, have, again, engaging in the resource wars, trying to make their country dominant. Like Martin Armstrong says, America's going to fall the, 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 the last. You're going to have all kinds of people that are coming from these war torn countries like we're having Afghans and Syrians and Iranians come through and they're going to come stay here in America. But that's going to consolidate and centralize even more um, human capital power and so much more. It's, it's, 
is getting out of control. These people know full well what they're doing. This is not a mistake. They are purposely trying to drive us towards a, uh, a state of uncontrollable chaos. Like we can't walk back from this. They're pushing us to a point of no return because they want us to go through these things and they want that world government on the other side, no matter how it looks. And so when we're talking about the multicultural agenda, just the different phases that we're in, these migrants already being a, a globalist, a global citizen, being in uniforms, we haven't gotten to this part yet. We haven't gotten to the bombs popping off yet. We haven't gotten into cities being destroyed yet, but we're getting there. And every week as these people escalate and we don't, we don't pull back, it's getting worse. Where do you think we're going to be by the elections? It's like we're coming up on like Christmas time frame, and I'm talking about nuclear gravity bombs to be used. What do these people have planned for us in 2030? What are these people doing to our future? It's getting crazy out there, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why I say, you know, Lord willing, I'll be back here with you guys next week. We could be taken very quickly. I saw a video, it could have been CGI. I saw a video this week of like a bus full of kids just like get teleported or disappeared. There's no news article. You know, again, it could have been like a CGI thing, could have been like a clip, but we're, we're, we're moving into a time of great uncertainty, a time of great trouble, a time of great confusion. And the only thing I can tell you at this time frame is to get closer to God. That's why I started when we covered it at the start of the show. Uh, these revivals, that's a good thing. We need people getting closer to Christ, getting away from all this politics. Like we are, we are truly being divided and overtaken. And you're seeing, you're seeing them set the stage too for this holy war that they want to wage. That they want to pull every everyone into and then get exhausted by only for them to offer us the false light of Lucifer. They want to destroy religion so that they can import themselves into our souls. You have to understand the time frame that we are in, ladies and gentlemen. It, 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 you have to understand. And we are not given a spirit of fear. I know it, it seems like, oh, like I'm worked up. I come here every week. I'm not fearful of these things. I think that's the wild part. I'm mindful of these things. I'm aware of this stuff, but I'm not fearful. And I think like many of our listeners, we're wondering, when's this going to pop off? What's going to happen next? And I don't even know if that's the right mindset. Because we're inviting and expecting chaos. We need to start producing more content. We need to start pushing stuff out there. We need to start pushing for the renaissance, not the revolution. We have a crazy future ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen. And as I said before, I'll try to be there with you every step of the way. But like I said, my friends, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out.